0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Stone Genius. My name's Ro, I'm The Stone Genius. You know me, I'm often stoned, I'm always a genius. I'm excited tonight because we have a returning guest. Uh, They are a stoner comedian, comedian stoner. Don't know which goes first, which goes last. They're based out of New York City. Welcome back to the program, Sean Wickens. How are you doing? Great. Cool. So I have things... How have things been going since the last time we talked to you? Oh, uh, I'd say pretty smooth. I, I
1: Did we last speak in January? Yes. When we, yeah. Um, I'd say things are, have been going pretty smooth, airing on even, like,
0: kind of great. That's good. So let's do nothing to jinx that tonight, then.
1: All right, good. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So, so here's the yeah. thing for the audience. So when I reached out to Sean to return to the show, he said yes. And he said that he had some, some takes on some topics. Here's the thing. I don't know what the takes are. I don't know what the topics are. So we're all going to learn this together. So what did you want to talk about?
1: Well, um, in some ways, please too say much. Bud
0: Light, please say Bud Light. <laughs>
1: um, I'm drinking a LaCroix at the moment. Oh. Um, I, um, no, there's almost too much to say in that, um, you know, I think the the older I get and maybe the more wiser I get, I'm realizing that it's so difficult to communicate with people that sometimes people may just err on saying what's comfortable rather than something that's provocative or out right. there because um, it's not fun to like stun people sp- sp- People, you know what I mean. Like, See,
0: and I'm the exact. I love yeah. to do that. I love Ooh. to throw some bomb in there and just walk away and watch things happen.
1: Oh well, you can't do that as easily when you're on stage.
0: No. Now, has,
1: has, that change, has that changed? Has
0: that changed for you? Like, I mean, does have? Did you ever feel not invincible? Did untouchable while on stage in, in your career?
1: Um. Or was that
0: always in the back of your mind? Because we've discussed, I've tried doing stand-up a couple times at open mic night, and that is literally, I know it's three minutes, but not once did it cross through my mind someone could come up and punch me.
1: Yeah. Um, Have I felt invincible? Yes, but it's only been, like, short moments. It's not been, like, long stretches of time or, like, a whole night I've been on stage. Right. But it's been moments when I have... um, done something that i think is so incredible that even i can't believe it and um a lot of times it's just like saving a show if a show is going bad or you're you're starting the bomb and people are turning on you and then you somehow um land the triple sow cow you know um so people aren't gonna
0: understand that rodney dangerfield back to school reference unless they're at least 50 years old
1: oh um I you know, that's such a dad movie. Uh, I, I'm sure more people have seen that you than th- they realize. Yeah.
0: I don't think I ever watched it with my our children, but I uh, still have time. That's so right. so here's the thing also that I found uh, the couple times that I did stand up. Like I yes. both times I led with something that got a laugh, like my opening got a laugh. And then it was, as I remember, dead silence from then. And, right. and it was weird because it was almost like you know people may have been laughing, but it was almost like when you're on stage and people aren't feeling whatever you're doing, whether you're perform whatever type of performance you're doing, that can be deafening.
1: Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, okay. Here's maybe the first controversial thought of the night. Okay. I think that the reason I know I am pretty good at comedy. Is because I am comfortable with silence.
0: Yeah. I. I mean don't that mind. is good. I mean that, yeah. that's that's great because I in sales it's good. I used to always say right. the first person to talk loses because you because people would get uncomfortable. <laughs> sure. But I right. never thought about that on stage. Yeah, if you could control how you feel during that silence,
2: ah, well, uh,
1: hopefully you don't I, get much. Well, I'm also sometimes. I think I am slower than I used to be uh, in a lot of things, um, and I think sometimes I do annoy the audience because I just sort of like talk so slow. Sometimes, can I share you with you a funny story real yes. quick? Yes. Yes. We'll get to we'll get to um, mind blowers later. I'm okay. sure of it. But um, so I co produced some. 420 friendly comedy shows in the city Uh uh-huh it's kind of like a secret thing because it's consumption friendly and um you know even though it's legal in new york it's also illegal we're we're doing something a little like sneaky whatever right but we're also the shows are a blast everyone's um having so much fun anyway i was at a show recently and i got so stoned And the host, we hired a host friend, a comedian to host. I was like just doing minutes on it. And anyway, I got so stoned and the host got so stoned. The host left the show in the middle of the show. And I was so stoned, I didn't know what to do. So I walked up on stage in the middle of a comedian's act. (laughs) And warned everybody that the show is off the rails because the host is not here. There's nobody hosting the show. And oh, it was a weird, it was a weird move to have to pull during somebody's set, but it was unprecedented to me because the host, I've never been to a show where the host left.
0: So did they leave because they were so stoned and they just assumed they were done finished with other, uh, whatever work they had, or was it?
1: No, they knew they had more work. They, he, they, it's a friend of mine named Pip Smith. I hope he's fine with the the publicity. Um <laughs> he came up to me and said I'm so stoned I don't know what to do. I have to leave right now. Good luck. <laughs> um and so that was an uncomfortable silence because I really did not know what I was doing.
0: Right. Um but that's How a are scary you? thing. How yeah, are you yeah. with hecklers? See that's my thing. I oh, see, sure. and, and we talked about this before. I think I'm probably more geared toward improv. I like to be reactive to people, um, yeah. but that's the because I I was scared. I because I think I even asked my wife. I go, do you think they heckle anyone in a three minute like open mic night? And my wife just looks at me and she goes, Well, if you're bad enough, yes. I was like, Oh Ooh, wow.
1: Right. <laughs> Here's where I am with hecklers. I, I um. I straddle the fence. I am great with hecklers I do not know. I am horrible with hecklers that I know. Really? Like if I have a friend or family in the audience and they like say something during the show, I'm it completely throws me. I've had friends even like try to give me a compliment while I'm on stage. Right. But they do it in the middle of me going from setup to punchline and it completely ruins the flow. Right. And I immediately get upset because it's like, what are you doing? It, like sometimes it's, it's, it's even other comedians. It's like, Whoa, like, you know, that this screws things up. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if it's somebody who doesn't know, but it's like, you know, um, so that because it is head. a
0: performance and like a performance. I mean, you have something that you're going with that works. And so like you say, it's a flow and like the, the best comedians that you see, it sounds like they're just talking to you. Like they're, they're telling you stories that they just, I just thought of this story and I'm just now telling you about it instead of something that is, it's going to, you know, happen at this point in the show. And so I I think that sometimes people forget about that flow thing.
1: Here's the, here's another thing I'll say about comedy. I don't know if this is going to be controversial. It might be, but I think when comedians tell like emerging, uh, rookie comedians to get out there and practice, right. They're not telling you to practice how to tell your jokes. They're telling you to practice to how to be on stage. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I hear comedians say, I'm working on telling it this way. And I'm always just like, no, just go up there and tell it like, and if it bombs, just get comfortable feeling the audience, not liking you because it doesn't, Matter.
0: So okay. So I'll go. <laughs> this isn't a controversial yeah. take, although people, some people, some people don't like it if you talk about like church. Like that was one thing that are always funny. I uh, I grew up. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I used to run our our church golf league. Uh, I mean there were eighty players in it, and people were just amazed that I would I I'd, I'd be like, fuck that, goddamn yeah. that motherfucking ball, and they're like, really? And I'm like, you know what? I me personally, I I
1: I'm gonna I say that you. I agree with you because why can't we talk about church outside of church? It sounds weird. Yeah. And if like, you
0: ever say anything negatively about it, it used well. It used to be my wife would move away from me because she yeah. literally thought I was going to be struck by lightning. And I've come uh, to wow. the point where now as I grew up a Christian, I do believe in a heaven, hell, blah, blah, but I'm not yeah. so stuck on that whole thing. And I don't have any traditional beliefs to that. But I, yeah. I've always said that, you know, I don't think that either one of them wants me to die because neither one wants me instead of saying, Oh, I really want him in heaven. No, he'd be great in hell. Both of them are like, Hey, he seems like he's going to be high maintenance wherever I I,
1: I, So why why can't heaven and hell just take a break from, I don't know, killing people or taking dead people. Like, yeah, give us a break a little. Oh my Um, gosh.
0: I just, but uh, I I forgot where I was going about people with church, but eh well it doesn't matter. That, that's part of being a stoner and forgetting the, your oh, flow. I guess so. Uh,
1: I mean, I'm really less in the sort of mindset of there's things that you just shouldn't talk about or can't talk about. I think that anything can be talked about. It's just sort of the way that it's talked about. Yeah.
2: That's...
0: And I also uh, get pissed off at the people that are, that, oh, that's offensive. And it's like, no, you may be offended. Yeah. Because I'm not, I mean, I literally can't think of anything I, I that's real that I would think it was offensive I mean there's things that I would walk away from but I I don't know I, I don't well, I don't think I use terms correctly first of all
1: I have, I have oh uh, I mean terms like language is always evolving bro
0: well no I <laughs> like, so I was having some heart right issues. Along? I was having wow. heart issues a few years ago and I kept wow. telling the doctor I go it feels like it gurgles in my chest and he mm. dismissed that. And then later he goes, "Well, does it does do you ever feel like a flutter?" I go, "Like a goddamn uh, gurgle? gurgle?" Yeah. Just, I mean <laughs> it's not that far out of the I mean so I was like, "I'm sorry I was using such incorrect terminology." And he just glared yeah. at me. Now, I will say I am Doctors do not like this, but it is a very true statement that I make. And I, I, I'm not afraid of saying it in front of them because here's my thing. If you don't fall into the category, you don't fall into the category. You shouldn't be upset, but 50% of all doctors graduate in the bottom half of their class.
1: Yeah. That you're just, uh, quoting math.
0: Yeah. And so many people think because it's a doctor, oh, you can't say anything negatively about them because they're a great, they went to med school. Right. So that just means they're really good at the anatomy. They don't get grossed out by blood and they can study. Yeah. None well, of those three things right. that I'm good at. <laughs> um you should just pick at doctors offices with that uh <laughs> Well, know. so it's funny. So uh, being a card carrying genius, I can I I can yeah. generally pinpoint someone's IQ fairly closely on how I can wow. communicate with them or how they right. communicate with others. And I have a hand, sur- you're the wh- test.
1: what you're the new, you're the new test. Yeah. Go talk to this guy. All right. Uh, He said you were about a 130.
0: (laughs) Well, No, so I'd always said, so I'm a 136, which is barely in. Top 2% is considered, which is 132 and above. So I barely skate in. And every once in a while, I'll have someone from the High IQ Society on the podcast. And you can, like, I had one guy that's a 143, and you would have thought we were night and day. I mean, because I also don't talk like, I talk more... Just like we're having a conversation, as opposed to using these big. I I feel like I'm I'm always translating to the common man. I feel like on my conversations. But you know, I will my our our youngest child. I've always said is is the only person that I'm around daily that's smarter than I am. And I always said she was a 141 or a 142, and she came in at a 141. And here's another thing that I I think is funny that people think is controversial because we have two children. Yeah. And uh, they people will get upset with me when I talk about one of them being a genius and one of them not being a genius. Well, and I'm I mean, like, who
1: would know better? But a
0: parent who would know yeah. better. And, and it's and it's funny because the one that's not a genius, she's getting her PhD in psychology. So it's oh, l- yeah. she's not dumb. She it's sure. just different the way that genius it's funny so today at work in my regular she's job
1: less, she's, she's less smart but she works harder or right. something who knows
0: yeah so at, at my regular job today in the retail sector someone was trying to do it was just a, a subtraction problem but it, it was a uh, for it was in the $1000 it was uh, it was like uh, i don't remember the exact totals but anyway yeah. i heard him say it someone pulled out a calculator and they go this minus this and i spit out the number in literally like four seconds. And you can count that one, two, it is long for, and and then he gives the answer and it's the same answer. And always people are like what he said, like they dismiss it. And I'm Uh, like, and that kind of pisses me off. (laughs) Well,
1: I think sometimes people, um, are offended by displays of talent. Yes. Yeah. Um, and i don't know here's the it it leads into what i'm going to say about comedy real quick i think i do know how to save it because i don't know people are mad about it at the moment on each side i know comedians who are mad right and i always and i try to remind them well you know comedy is hard so like if comedy is hard right now well then you're maybe you're winning but anyway um I think in order to save comedy we just all need to try a little less hard. I think the comedians need to try a little less hard and then the audience needs to try less hard at like I don't know getting angry
0: at it. What stuff. what are the typical size venues that you're generally playing to?
1: Well, it post pandemic it's different. I was doing bigger shows, but right now it's like 30 to 50 seat rooms. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um so do you ever do you ever try out material like at an open mic night or stuff or as an established comedian? Can you just show up somewhere, get on stage, and try try some new bits?
1: I'm, I prefer trying stuff out in a real world scenario. I I I prefer going to war with new material. I don't really. I, I, don't, like, I don't like trying it out at open mics. I don't go that often anymore it's more fun and to be scared in front of the audience yeah i don't like going going up there cocky a lot of times um
0: and fear is a driving factor i mean i think that mm -hmm. almost every decision is made based on fear like right I mean even if it's if it if it's a rational fear even if it's something oh I don't want to move because of this or that I don't want to take yeah, this yeah. job I mean it always comes down instead of I I don't know maybe I'm more negative than I think I am instead of going oh no, well I need I think, to be positive and think of that
1: No 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 I think I think fear drives us much more than we really think it does and it's um, I think it's I think I have having gone from amateur stoner to pro stoner, I think, if I'm, <laughs> I think, um, man, I might've been scared all the time for a lot of my adult life. When I think back on like things that I didn't do or or, or did wrong, or it's like everything was probably motivated by fear on some, you know, life is right. a spectrum.
0: And um, you know, a lot of my fear was fear fear that others instilled in me like my dad was a pharmacist my parents they (laughs) we grew up in the church and everything so they were it was funny you know because they're very anti-drug unless there's a prescription written then the adderall your ass off if you want so um you know i just it was just really weird me growing up because i didn't so i'm 55 now i didn't try Uh pot until i was 47 you didn't get a what i didn't try pot Marijuana oh. it, until I was forty-seven. So we went okay. to Colorado. So cool. it uh so in a lot of that. In I will still the story. You can tell it's it's true because it's the same every time. I yeah. when the first time I tried it, we were in Colorado. An hour after I tried it, because I thought I was going to turn into Cheech and Chong, because yeah. I grew up during the eighties and you know the early eighties, late seventies when Cheech and Chong up and smoke were out. You know they would smoke a lid and then, Oh my God, they, they couldn't, you know, you couldn't, it was crazy that, but that's what I thought. So that was my fear. I want to interrupt real quick because I think
1: possibly this was the perfect age for you to start smoking because your um, neurons may have just sort of really gotten taught and from a life of, I don't know whatever patterns you were living in right and then when you smoked at 47 they were ready to sort of like really stretch in different uh ways because they were sort of like is that making sense at all
0: yeah it does Yeah. And it it was weird because I told my wife after like an hour afterwards, she goes, so how are you feeling? I go, fine. I don't feel anything. And then I Mm -hmm. literally, as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I started wiggling my fingers and I was like, I don't, I don't have any pain in my hands because I have arthritis. And I was like, I feel amazing. And my wife, so my arthritis was so bad. I'd have swelling in my fingers and thumbs. And so within a couple of days she saw that the, the, uh, the swelling actually reduced. Mm. And so, even though she still doesn't uh, independent independent verification, yes, and because she is still she's not anti-cannabis, but she doesn't partake. She doesn't like yeah. uh, she doesn't like edibles because she doesn't know the effects and when they're going to hit. And she doesn't like smoking. She doesn't like the feel, and that's fine. But she is a very big proponent for uh, at least medical marijuana, and she knows there's not a ton of difference between the two. But because of what she's seen, because like when I told my parents, when I finally told my parents who were in their well into their 80s at this point, my dad was well yeah. into his 80s. You know, they were like, no, you're just saying that so you can do drugs. And as soon as my wife says, Bobby's like, no, it's true. I've said the swelling went down. He, he can his dexterity. And they're like, oh, really? Yeah. You should keep doing And I. This is how old my parents are. Once they found out that marijuana worked for me, they decided to go to Facebook to see if anyone could get me marijuana, even though yeah. it was illegal in yeah. the states where they were living.
1: Well, I mean, they, they heard that independent verification from your, your missus, so they, uh, they believed it. I um, know. I have, okay, I have a thought about consumption and so forth, yes. because we, we even though it's legal here now in New York State, we're still talking about. I hear people st- still talk about stigma, right? And which is true. And I, I thought of a way to stave that off a little bit, or or adjust around it. I think. And it's that. Well, in order to for the stigma to lessen, we do need more people to try it. Yeah. So here's that wouldn't help. So, but I now I here's I I have a reason that people will want to try it. I think um but it and I what's think that it, reason i think well no it'll it'll take some adjustment from the people who already do it because right. there's so much um there's a lot of weed events here in new york and it's all about kind of crazy consumption it's just like let's st- step into a, a huge tube and smoke a bunch of weed at once right to like prove how much we you know how much we can handle and I think part of that is getting driven by there's currently a surplus of cannabis in New York. There's too much of it. Really? And so that's what people are saying and not enough people are buying it. So it's, there, it's a panic mode to sort of like put out there expressions of, hey, try a lot. Because we, why do we want you to try a lot? Well, because we need to sell a lot. Right. Because we have too much. But if we got more people to try just a little bit, and the way to do that is to not display us being wild and crazy and doing a lot. It's showing examples of doing a little. And then, like, wow, this helps me. Because, I don't know, I'm stoned right now, and I feel pretty incredible.
2: Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so one, one night, I was having the giggle fits or whatever, yeah. and... So, my wife, Bobby, she, every once in a while, I, when I get those f- giggle fits, they'll be probably at an inappropriate time. Okay. And so, that that will annoy her sometimes. And I'm like, but I just want you to, and I've told her this, I go, you, I want you to understand that I am, la- yeah. I am physically laughing at whatever right now so hard I'm crying. Mm. I go... Wouldn't you like to feel like that? Like almost on demand if you could. I mean, and and I I don't do that quite as often anymore. And that's the other thing is, so I'm going to touch on two things. First of all, most people don't know if I'm stoned or not. So, and it's funny because I am very upfront. I will tell it. I am an open book. You ask me anything. I will give you an answer, whether you really wanted that answer or not. And so will people go, well, how could we tell if you're stoned? Like, well, Because I like to drive. I like to be in control. I go, well, ask me to drive. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well, I won't drive within two hours. And I only do flower. I only smoke. I go, Uh I won't drive within two hours of smoking. Right. And so, like, if someone goes, if they think that, hey, can we go across? Can you drive me across the street? I need to pick something up. If I'm like, hey, how about we go in an hour, you know that I'm stoned. But but physically, it doesn't come off. But I wanted to change this because I did want to touch on this topic. Uh, okay. And as a stoner, you may have some input. So the name of my show is The Stoned Genius. That's correct. First of all, it's about me. Cue, cue the applause. Oh, yeah.
1: You got it. You got oh. it
0: there. Or actually, I need to do the... No. Dang it. Where did it go? <laughs> oh,
2: because no. I'm a genius.
0: That's the one. That's my favorite line of any movie. Because what is I'm it? Ah, because I'm a genius. Because I'm a genius. From uh, Armageddon. Um but so the name is about me, not about my guest. Yeah. And I, know I, that. I get fucking feedback all the time about people that won't be on my show because wow. they go, "Well, I can't I I can't be on this uh, I can't be on the, your show because it has the word stoned in it." And I will literally sweat. say to them, I go, are you fucking kidding? I go out of those words, you pick stoned out instead of genius. Cause there's a <laughs> lot fewer geniuses there are in the world than there are stoners. Yeah. It, so, but here's the thing. And if okay. they listen to this program, it, here's the thing. I, I treat people the way, unfortunately I kind of feel, I don't take offense to anything cause it's either true and the. You know, it's true it was a learning experience, no matter what I've been positive, negative or oh. indifferent, or it's not true. And why am I going to let someone bother me? Hey, you're this. I'm not that. Mm. So I'm not going to let it bother me. But someone was on my show recently that uh-huh. then they told me after the fact that they were not going to promote the show on, through their social media because uh-huh. of the word stoned in the title. Yeah. And I'm like, the, why the, the fuck were you on my show then? I didn't say that to him, but I was I was yeah. literally like, I don't understand why we you would have even been on the show then. Right. If you're not going to tell anyone or you just want uh, I, so I, my audience is okay to understand that you were on my show because yeah. they're used to but and it just I'm like people don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. but here's, my, th- here's a recent um
1: positive review of cannabis and weed and getting being stoned that I came up with recently. Uh And it's that I've, um, I go to the movies once in a while and um, I've seen, I don't know, I go see the Marvel movies and, you know, nowadays people complaining about the new Marvel movies. They say they're, they suck and everything. Uh I've seen every single new Marvel movie in the theater stoned and they've been incredible.
0: Yeah. Man, I can't even remember. Actually, Top Gun was the last movie, and that I think mm. that's the only movie post-pandemic I've been to in a theater.
1: Oh, okay. And I feel Um, bad.
0: So another guest on the show, Tim uh, Lytel.
1: You do stuff stuff at home. That's fine. It's not like you're not doing anything.
0: Yeah, but so the, the thing is that when I was talking to Tim, who's a movie producer, that he says you need to go out. And a lot of times I talk about, I like to dress up. I like to wear suits. But okay. it, t- it takes effort and people will like like sometimes we were like, why are you dressed up today? And I'm like, "Oh, I went to lunch with my mom and they're like, and like there should be something <laughs> else. But it just takes right. effort to do that. And you know yeah. what? It makes me stand up- out. Yeah. Do you dress up when you fly? Do you, you like wear suits for planes? Yeah, I do. Because makes- I got foobarred once when I used to travel for work. Mm. I got just food. Fucked in the ass by, by not, ha- I, I wore comfortable Jeez. stuff on Sunday.
1: And, I never have described anything that's happened to me like that yeah, ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: And this by, is, and, and probably by, a. have never been, uh, never been fucked in the ass. I've used my prostate massager before, but okay. that, I mean, that was like an entry level one. I mean, that was like, that, that, I don't think that was a big deal. Hopefully, uh, I, now that I'm saying that out loud. <laughs> do your thing. May, uh, okay. You, you, were, you were at an airport. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> they lost my luggage. Okay. And so here I am. And, and so one of the very first things I did train, I was a trainer with sprints and I would do new hire training. So on the first uh-huh. day, I would always talk about appropriate dress. Yes. And then oh, I, I Yeah, and then I would talk about you know the expectations and everything. So here I am showing up the first day, and I'm literally wearing sweats because oh, yeah. because I I'm 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 six five. I'm thin. I'm about 170 pounds, but I am fit, and it's just hard right. for me to find clothes. So for me to go out and try to find clothes until my bags are because I'm like my bags will be here the next day. I was fully yeah, I expecting to go back at lunch to the. A hotel and I'd be able to change and be like haha look here I am but no three days I wow. mean I wore Damn. I uh, it was t-shirt and then it was t-shirt inside out and then I think the next day it was sweatpants may have been inside out I don't mm. know how the whole combination made it last four days but yeah, yeah. I got totally foobarred. so I'm a big believer and I want to dress comfortable I but I want to dress nice as well
1: um bro I just remembered that you were earlier talking about weird things your parents messed yes. you up about, isn't that? Yeah, I and I thought of a funny one right when you said that. And it's that when I was a kid, if we had people coming over, like if we, my mom got a phone call and they were like, hey, we're in your neighborhood, we're gonna stop by. My mom would hang up the phone, immediately start cleaning the house and she'd be like, Sean, go put on socks. She never wanted company over to see my bare feet, I I don't know why. And to this day, it gives me I don't like people looking at my feet. Yeah, it, it weirds me out. And like I've had I've told that to friends before, and then they've then said, okay, let me see your feet, and I'm like, why? You know
0: what I mean? Like so so do would you? <laughs> I mean you're, you're uncomfortable with your feet and uh, showing to the public, but would you say looking yeah. at your foot that it is abnormal in any way shape or form or or misformed or something that would cause literal no, distress
1: the the exact opposite i think that they are worthy of being sculpted
0: you could be like a foot model i
1: could i don't um and maybe that's why i don't like people seeing them because it's just like hey this is a pretty good part of me
0: well so oh, this ties dead. into right now my full-time job i work at a uh like a, a custom uh shoe store i mean we sell like high-end shoes with custom orthotics and things like that and i will tell you if people come in in my store their feet are fucked i have Ooh. never i have not once in the eight months i've been there had someone come in and even go oh that's a normal foot <laughs> well, i mean shit.
1: well now that i know this about you if we do ever meet i will have to show
0: you my oh, feet so yeah so i mean <laughs> and it's I mean, in, so this is going to sound made up, okay, um, but it is not, and I, I I can't imagine that if one person is like this, that there aren't more people like this, and I don't know how it happened. Someone, second toe. Mm-hmm. So it was their left foot. So their second toe ne- nearest their big toe, their great yeah. toe. is we, so you can tell if someone's in the industry because it's a great toe, not the big toe. So just okay. that. so if you ever want to impress <laughs> right. someone, yeah, like if you meet like I don't know the uh, the hottest uh, podiatrist ever, and she's like, uh, and you're like, oh, well, my great toe, and she'd be like, really, great toe. Mm-hmm. Um, But so these, the, the, yeah, so left foot, you have the great (laughs) toe. Maybe you should do
1: very specific dating advice. That's, that could be a good, um, uh, not
0: this dating advice. Cause so, and, and God, now that you said that there's probably someone. And I hope they don't listen to this show, but there's, there's probably someone on the planet that I will say this and they will like their something in their groinular area will move. But okay, so the, the you have the great toe and then to the left of it, that second toe was not real. It was there, but it wasn't. What it did was it tucked itself under the other toes and came out, oh, wow. came out on the other side of the pinky toe.
1: Jeez,
0: that's weird. Oh my, no, 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 no. What's I wrong? mean, because you're not so like, if someone describes two girls in a cup, it's yeah. different than if you see the video Two <laughs> Girls in a Cup. And sure. I'm telling you that when I describe this, this is me describing Two Girls in a Cup. If you saw this- Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, mm. and, and it's it's just, and here's the thing also is that in this- Maybe end- they survived a very sort of minor, but uh,
1: horrible car crash in just like one area of the car.
0: Uh, no, I mean, no, yeah. because it's dozens a day. When oh, I wow. when I went there, I was like, how am I going to sell enough shoes? Right. And uh it's it's amazing. I mean, hmm. because if you're if your feet are this fucked up and you've come to us, unfortunately you're going to spend a shitload of money because oh, that's just it. where you are. The funny thing is when the other thing that I don't like in this world that's going on a lot now is no one ever takes ownership for anything. Like if someone oh, oh. like uh, you know, they, they go out a turn or they run a red light and you honk at them, they flip you off. Even though they were the ones that were in the wrong, you know, they can't, you know, not like, I think when I was growing up, people would like if they went out a turn at a stop sign, like a four-way right. stop, they would wave like, oh, my bad. They would look embarrassed or something. Now people just jump to flipping you off. Uh, yeah. And um, I see that happening all the time in the shoot. People will be like, well, I have genetically bad feet. And it's like. No, 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 no! You fucked your feet up. Feet don't yeah. look like that unless you did something like jam them into <laughs> heels or pointy. And sure. and, and unfortunately,
1: you, really, you can't. If you're trying to sell them shoes, you can't really confront them about like, whoa, hey, what are you doing to these things?
0: So, uh, so here's the deal that. that I have found out: if you want to yeah. be a successful, uh, well compensated shoe salesman then you would not do that to the customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. if you decide that you want to go another route in your career oh, uh, and if, how you address yeah, it just drives me in, in, insane. Some of the just shit that, no, that doesn't. And like, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> literally, I mean, it's so bad. I can watch someone walk in front of me and I can tell you what parts of their body hurt. Their their right knee hurts and their left hip hurts.
1: And they're like, you can, you can can tell somebody what uh, foot problems they have and you can give them a pretty close estimation of their IQ.
0: Well, if they have foot problems, I, 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 that that actually, that is a really good point. I don't think I've run into someone that's just blown me away because like I say, when I talk to someone whose IQ is uh, a lot lower than mine, it's, I deal with them the same way if I was that deficient from someone else. Like, mm-hmm. once we said in the, I, I said that we should have like challenge cards because we're card carrying members of this club. And I go, we should just have these cool black cards, gold lettering. Mm-hmm. Like, it just says our name on one side, on the other, and big numbers. It just has our IQ so <laughs> that you can just stop any conversation by pulling that out. And I can be right. like, you know, they're like a 120 and I pull out my 136. And someone said, well, mm-hmm. how about if someone pulls out a 160 on you? And I right. go, I don't get into conversations with someone that's a 160 because yeah. I would look just as fucking stupid to them as a lot of people do to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm aware of that. And that's the unfortunate thing is some of the people I deal with, they are not aware. I mean, I just, yeah. oh, God, it fucking drives me insane when someone has a blank look on their face. <laughs> like, I mean, you uh. Like, and, and I'm not talking about in all yeah. times, but if I ask you a basic question, you, right. like if you just walked in from outdoors and I say, wow, what's the weather out like right now? And you literally <laughs> yeah. look at me like I'm speaking some foreign language, that drives me insane. Oh, sure.
1: Huh. I might do that by accident because I feel like sometimes I'm always in mid thought on something. So when somebody asks me a question, I have to stop what I'm thinking about and then think about what they want me to think about. And it's sort of, but I think it takes a while to shift gears.
0: I think there may be a difference there because oh. like, uh, cause I think I would be able to see that your gears are turning that at least mm-hmm. you're, I'm thinking about, cause I, I mean, I still That to wear be a
1: good way to go through all of life. Yeah. Just always think, just always have a look on your face that like, wow, he's really thinking about something
0: that might be a good, like, that's actually maybe- an episode of Seinfeld where George oh, okay. says, if you just always look frustrated that uh. you'll look busy. And he's like, Oh, Oh my <laughs> heck. And they're no. like, yeah,
1: you do look busy. So, but that sounds horrible. That sounds like torturing yourself. I, I tell this joke on stage once in a while that I have started practicing having, like, mind-blowing epiphanies. Uh-huh. Like, sometimes I'll just be sitting at home and I'll go, whoa. Oh, wow. But you're not
0: actually that, having an but, epiphany. But
1: I'm not actually doing it. I think it's good to practice doing it because the your the, the brain will trick your body. Maybe the physical sensation will trick your brain into having future, like...
0: You know what? I think you're onto something because my wife does that in the bedroom.
2: (laughs) Figured that needed both those
0: buttons there. So, um, my wife does point out, she goes, she goes, it explains a lot when you're trying to do your soundboard and how you hit the wrong button so much. She goes, that just explains a lot in the bedroom. I'm like, well, we have grown kids. Your fingers are too big. Yes. Yes, that's what we're going with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I work with someone, and they, and, and and this is unfortunate, but like in a post-apocalyptic world, they would not be anywhere. I would run from them <laughs> wow, because sure. because the, just uh, because they would be such a total liability in any aspect. Mm. You know, was that a bear? Yeah. I need an answer, really. When a question like, <laughs> "Was that a bear?" You that- what, yeah, you know what character I think
1: a lot about from film? In the movie Die Hard, the yuppie character that sort of like yes, tells the like I think about that guy a lot. Um, Ellis, what I was, that, was that, I think. Yeah, what the character I think was that was about? his name. Because, like. <laughs> There are people like that everywhere. And you can co- in 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 Die Hard, you can sort of like tell not to trust this guy because like the actor did such a great sort of obvious portrayal of this right. like sleeve bag. But um God, that guy <laughs> We
0: we have a lot. Where 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 I live and work, it is a very affluent area. I think it's I think it's I'm pretty sure it's one of the top ten highest like the zip codes like are you, um,
1: are you about to say that you run into people like Ellis from uh diehard? Fuck
0: yes, all the time. Wow. Oh yeah. man. And you know, I i run that's out yeah. to him. I don't run into them in work. Now I do okay. I do quote the original Die Hard all the time because people were their shoes are way too small. That's one of the mm. biggest problems. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, and so and so people are like, they'll be like, well, you can't wear a shoe too big. And I'm like, yes, you can. And they're like, and they want to argue. And I go, did you ever see the original Die Hard? And they're like, yeah. And I go, do you remember what happened after he killed all the terrorists and why he ran around barefoot? They're right. like, no. And I was like, because all of their feet were too small. I go, a yes. shoe is too small. You shouldn't wear it. A shoe is too big. <laughs> you can clomp around in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. So we get a lot of attitude. but But, mm. oh, my gosh, we have a a super amount of douchebaggery going on in the general vicinity of where I live.
1: Mm. And how I, do we cure, how do we cure that? That's what's really ailing the world. It's douchebaggerness.
0: Well, so I, I'm around it, but I can. So because of my presence, yeah. uh, my, my height and build and everything, I, oh. there's you not a lot
1: of, you bring out a fight or flight, uh reflex in people perhaps?
0: Uh generally it's just I forget at six five. Like I will bend down to someone like who's five eight. Did you and- just give yourself an inch? I could I swear to God, like twenty minutes ago you said you were six four. No, I'm six five. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> and I always say, so no, six, five is literally the best height. I would never, like, I wouldn't give up. I had some guy came in and he literally couldn't have been over five too. And he's like, wish you could give me some of your height. And I go, no, this is the perfect height.
2: Yeah. I go
0: one inch, when it's taller, I start having trouble fitting in cars. I can't fit in beds mm-hmm. anymore. Things like yeah. that. I go one inch smaller. Who wants to, no one's ever said, I want to be one inch smaller.
1: Let me ask this. Uh, As a tall guy, do people ask for your help in like Yes,
2: all the time. Yeah. Like what kind of stuff?
0: Well, like right now, so in the shoe industry, so we have boxes and they're they're stacked tall and everyone else is having to pull out a ladder. Well, a box, I should be able to comfortably reach up and put it eight feet. Oh, so,
1: got it. But so not really an emergency suit, like no, Can you lift the car off of this person? No, so
0: it, light bulbs yeah. and stuff. But it's funny because I always, sure. I always talk about uh, listening to people or watching people because they will tell you exactly what they are. But I kind of forgot that in the reverse of that, I would get to when I was uh, the Nikon rep at Best Buy for many years. On my days off, I would come back and a lot of times I'd hear, oh, this customer came in and they did this and that, especially during the pandemic and after the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I was always like, why doesn't that ever happen when I was when I'm there? Because I would make sure that it was taken care of. Yeah, yeah, And then I started thinking the only common denominator is I'm not there when this is happening and I'm the only one that would step forward and I was the only one. I think we mm. may have had a couple people over six foot, but maybe 6'1", six 6'2", six and no one. And I just, I I, I don't know. I, I don't shy away. <laughs> there, was, there was one time where a guy actually started getting into it, and it was funny because he realized he needed to shut up because I started taking my watch off, put it in my pocket, and I started taking my glasses off to hand to someone uh-huh. because uh-huh. he's about to get his ass beat. Because I think Damn. he said one of those, like, you don't know who uh, uh, you're talking to or something like that.
2: Oh, shit. And
0: I'm like, well, I, we're about to find out. Because I'm yeah. a, I'm a big hockey fan, so I mm-hmm. do think that hockey rules apply. <laughs> you, you look at one another. If you think you're going to square off, you drop the gloves. You go sure. at it, and then yeah. things are, are probably better on the other side. I mean, right, right. because and that's what happens in hockey. It's, w- are you a hockey fan at all? I to be honest,
1: I wish I liked hockey more. I so, do enjoy it whenever I, I do see it, but I never am, feel the impulse to like watch hockey.
0: So when they get into a scrum, you'll yeah. like two people will go at it and someone will be kind of oh, standing yeah. on the I've periphery.
1: Definitely hockey, I've definitely seen hockey fights. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> you know, someone will come up and grab someone's shirt and it's like they're going to turn around and fight and then they turn around and look at who it is or how big they are and there. they reassess. And so it's like, or like star players, a lot of times people may try to pick fights with them. And I remember this one guy dropped the gloves and Alex uh, Ovechkin of the Capitals, like looked at the guy, like, you're a third stringer, and I'm a, I'm one of the top players in the league, and you're I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to hurt yeah. my hand, and, and so you know you take all that stuff into account because that is one thing that I take into account. Like one of the first inventories I make of people is I will look yeah. at like their facial features and their hands uh, if it's a man to see yeah. whether it looks like they've ever been in a scrap. Look at their ears. Look at their knuckles. Look, uh, have, have they manicured themselves? Because it will yeah. allow you to know where that line in the sand is because. Got it. One of my friends, Angel. If you look at his his knuckles, you can tell that he likes to brawl. There is ah. nothing about his hands that says I'm not going to beat the living shit out of you. Right, right. And see, that's one of those guys that yeah, Angel, whatever you say, and everyone be like, but you're the genius. I'd be like, yes, but whatever Angel <laughs> says goes.
1: Has, it, has Angel ever been on this on the show? He hasn't. Does, no. Angel, does Angel listen?
0: Yeah, uh, I okay. don't know if Angel listens or not. Honestly. All right, well, so he was a you'll hear, hear if he heard about the shout out. Yeah. 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 And I'm very I'm I mean, but that's the thing. I will take all that into account. I mean, if like if people really know me with my arthritis and bad hands, the last thing I would ever do is punch someone. Yeah. And so like if people knew that ammunition, they may be more aggressive in the way they treat me, but I think it's funny that I will take that inventory immediately. Like, where's this line? Like, do I think this person would scrap with me? No. Okay, this line, I'm going to say a lot more objectionable things because I am. You're you're constantly playing hockey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Life is hockey to me. Yeah. 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 I mean, even in the bedroom, I'm always trying to go to my wife's five hole. (laughs) hey (laughs) oh. So that'd be between the legs. So I'm not, I didn't know if you knew what the five hole was in hockey. So, and um, there may be a lot of people that don't that listen to the show. So
1: I appreciate the explanation. Yeah, uh, well.
0: uh, yeah. So I want to change gears real quick. Because um, okay, stupid people just drive me insane. So it's still going to yeah. be about stupid people. What do you think about this whole Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney Are you on one side or the other? Does it matter? So I will give you my take first. Because if you want to, if you want to. So my thing is, I don't, I don't give a shit. I I don't drink beer. Uh, I've never drank beer. Uh, I did think there was funny. There was a meme afterwards that said, like, well, if you drink Bud Light, you're kind of gay already. Cause they were just, you know, and so, but I can't understand. But I did run into someone that I knew that said that they, We're not drinking Budweiser products anymore.
1: We're going on a boycott.
0: Yes. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because here's the deal. And so they'll know if they listen to the show. And I'm not being, I'm not trying to be mean, but they do have nine cars from one manufacturer. Okay. Okay. Nine. And I'm not, that's not hyperbole. They literally have nine. So let's just say that on conservative size, that's a half a million dollars. Sure. I'm going to say if that car company did something, you would not get rid of your cars. You would not stop driving. Cause some of them are yeah. classic automobiles. And I know that you're yeah. not, or maybe you would. H- yeah. h- how do you feel about it? Cause I, that just drives me insane. This, this is my take, yes. And I think it's maybe a genius one.
1: I don't know. You'll let me know, but I think we should not be getting mad about what corporations, uh, who who corporations pick as their spokespeople, we should be thinking about how they treat their workers. Yes. Did you know that <clears throat> did you Ro did you hear the story about um these slaughterhouses that were employing children? No, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Some slaughterhouses, some meat meat uh factories in the US, several states, they were employing kids that were like Ten, to like eleven to seventeen years old, yeah, to work third shift. That's insane.
0: It is. That's I mean, like, well,
1: yeah, I can't even believe it.
0: So here's my thing: it, it it's insane as an American to think about that. But if you think about the rest of the world, the rest of the world be like, what are you guys talking about? We don't. I but mean, that is true. That so and is I true. get that, and I I'm not saying, but so for for a while for a long period, I was a director of operations for a uh national staffing firm uh-huh. and ninety percent of our workforce Thanks. was hispanic of, sounds like he had an expense account I don't know yeah. uh and then was, but, a good title, right yeah and then <laughs> as uh, of those ninety percent that were hispanic, my best guesstimation was probably 70, 50 to 75% were illegal. And it's like, well, shouldn't you do something? Well, the deal was we were not supposed to police IDs. If the ID looked official, like it wasn't, didn't look, if it looked like it was an official ID, we had to just accept it. We could not question it. That was, that was the real, the rule. But the reason that companies enjoyed hiring people like illegal aliens or children, because they feel like their rights are limited because if an illegal alien got injured on the job, they were less likely to come forward and Mm. seek treatment. And here's the deal. Illegal or not illegal, you still are protected by your job. Yeah. And and it's that that type of gross misconduct from companies to to employees. And that's one reason I left... um, I, I was with Best Buy. I had two tenures with them. Uh, the last four years, I was just a Nikon rep, so I literally only did cameras and Nikon. Right. But they—they they were. I felt like they tried to bend over too much for everyone, mm-hmm. um, and so I left there to go to a small store. So it's the the two partners in the store, one of their wives, and then there's four employees. So there's seven of us total that work right. there. And it sounds like
1: a great, easy, manageable number.
0: It is. And it's nice. And you can go, you can have honest conversations and things like that. Whereas Best Buy, you know, so here's my thing as a company, I loved Best Buy. They would give you six weeks of uh, mental health leave, paid at 100% mental health leave. after you'd been with the company six months and you could do it. I think you only had to be back 90 days before you could do it again. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure of the second, but you could do it multiple times within a calendar or fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for that. There are things that you may need leave for, um, yeah. for whatever nice. reason. But people like, would nice just
2: weird
1: curveballs. It yeah. Sometimes yeah, you need like stability when yeah. things get weird. Definitely.
0: But I see a lot of people just taking the leave because they thought that they go well. They're gonna pay me for six weeks to be off. <laughs> oh right. And that drives me. That that's the type of stuff when I'm judging. Someone's IQ because it's their decision making process, and if they're yeah. gonna lack integrity at that, then what else would they lack integrity at? And people are like, Oh, we are stereotyping, Fuck yeah, I'm stereotyping, that's how the world works. I mean, yeah. I, I it sounds horrible, but that literally is how everyone does everything in life, and for well, them to say it differently, and you can term it however you want. But there was a line in a George Clooney movie where he I think it's uh, I stereotype it's quicker. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and not all stereotypes fit. I get that. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and I totally understand that. But the chance of you if you have to get to a quick decision, the chance of you being right as opposed to wrong. Is up down. Hold on. I don't know how I phrase that. So you're less likely to be wrong if you stereotype, if you have to make a quick decision. And if you don't need to make a quick decision, you don't need to stereotype. I know, right? I think, uh, I think now I'm thinking
1: maybe it's a a good sort of um, motto to just go through life surprised all the time.
0: I don't know. Sometimes. (laughs) So I will tell you that's, that's, To me, if you want to throw me off my game, that's what you Uh do. There's two ways. Come out of left field on something, literally out of left field, or make me uncomfortable by putting me in a room that's under 70 degrees. And I know that most people will think that's temperate, but under 70 to me, especially if I was like in a T-shirt and jeans, I would be doing my, all I would think about is how to stay warm. That's how much of a wussy I am when it comes to, to, to Cole. But I, I think my mind thinks about so many things. I'm not sure that you could give me a, uh, what would you do if this happened in this building and this elevator with this people? What You could get very specific, and I've probably thought about it. And that's uh, why okay. if you want to throw count. me off, you have to come out of left field. But then I, then it, then my mind gets consumed with whatever that is. And then you can okay. do whatever you want in the background.
1: All right. You've got a lot of escape routes in mind. Yeah, you're, You feel prepared, okay. Yeah. Here's I mean, something that I thought of recently that I, while I was stoned, I don't know if I shared this the last time I was here. Maybe you'll tell me if you remember. Um, but here's something I thought about recently, if you're ready. I am. Okay.
0: You got me mid-drag. I was thinking,
1: I was thinking about, good. I was thinking about flat earthers. These people who think the earth is flat, right? And I know for a fact that I can't convince them. I have no way of knowing how to convince a flat earther that the earth is round. Right. But I thought that, and that I don't know, I was making, I was stoned. I was making some weird connections when I came up with this. But I thought about how if a fourth dimensional being looked at the the earth, a third dimensional object, a fourth dimensional, dimensional being might perceive all sides of the earth at once. So to a fourth dimensional being, the earth does appear flat. So that would make flat earthers right. They just really don't know how and why they're right.
0: Yeah. So here's my thing. So you okay. people, and I do like that. I actually think that's a, a, a very good take. And that's another thing that people don't understand about being stoned. Sure. I always do my read. That's one thing that I love about marijuana now being legal here in Missouri is that it is, I mean, it is medically and now recreationally as well. So we have a lot more just available Fine. to us,
2: okay, um, but great. I always
0: go and read, you know, like the, what I picked up today It's, I've been having issues with my appetite. I haven't been hungry lately. So the strain that I picked up today, you know, helps with hunger. It was funny because last night I was debating, do I want talkative or hunger? And without me missing a beat, my wife's like, not talkative. I was like, okay, (laughs) I will not go that route um Um, she knows
2: what she likes yeah but you you
0: can find something because there are times when i smoke something that makes me so creative but just makes me think that's why i have notebooks worth of notes that i've always said yeah they're going to be used against me in a court of law someday i am just assured of it but um (laughs) yeah i have so my my daughter or or our youngest child thought it was funny i gotta find the note um Let's see, because every once in a while, uh, I'll leave, you know, my notebooks open and they'll come down because uh, they, they smoke as well. And so this was right. the note I whispered. I go or th- that I wrote down. I wrote the devil whispered, I'm coming for you, to which I replied, that's gay. <laughs> and she goes, why would you write that down? And I go, I don't know. I thought it was funny. So because uh, here's why you, wrote it, you wrote it down because. Yeah. But he that was when I was between. being creative. That's when I was coming to the point that neither one had one. Of, uh, neither one of them really wanted me.
1: But it might make sense someday. It
0: might. God, I hope uh, not. <laughs> yeah,
1: sure. Hold um, on,
0: I got a sound for that one.
2: <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. Um. Um. What What was I saying before I went to that note? Now oh, we we're talking about something. Hey, um, I, a good thing. A good thing about getting stoned. Oh That's yes, what creative. Yeah, Yeah. now I will tell you, it makes you forget a lot of shit too, but uh, that's not always a negative. But yeah, I mean, there are times where I feel so super, you know, where I may smoke before I go to bed and forget what I'm smoking and I'll lay down and literally have to get up and I'll sit down and write notes for two hours. Oh, yeah. Just stupid stuff.
1: The other night I couldn't fall asleep. I had a little bit of, you know, 3.30 in the morning insomnia. yeah. So I I took a weed brownie that I made myself, and it didn't work. It didn't put me to sleep, but I stopped caring that
0: I couldn't fall asleep.
2: See, that's (laughs) just as
0: good. So I don't think people understand how good indifference is. Because oh, sure. like when you just become indifferent, because unfortunately that's happened with me with my appetite is once I, my, mm-hmm. once my stomach growls and I'm past that, I, my body just becomes into, indi- it's like, fuck it. You didn't feed me when I was hungry. I no longer want food. And so right. that's literally why I have to, I have to smoke at this point. Cause if mm. I, the, even on days when I'm smoking, there'd be times where I'll go two to three days without eating. And it's just because I'll forget to eat. And I know that sounds just ludicrous but that's how little my body cares about food
1: yeah i think i need to get stoned because people just like me
0: better when i am stoned and i will say that too people (laughs) i i do this just as much for everyone else as i do it for myself yeah i asked my wife once i go should i cut back or stop smoking she goes oh no no we (laughs) need you to smoke and and that's fine uh, because, I
1: think I'm a pretty chill person as is but for some reason when I'm stoned I think people are a little bit like okay good like now <laughs> I have to worry about it, this guy
0: I will tell you that my wife is not um there are some strains that will uh, uh be um uh amorous let's see arousal however you want to say it they'll put you in the mood I mean they'll oh. they'll they'll get you ready and my wife hates that. I mean, I mean, I'm bad enough as it is, I'm sure. But then when it's like, yeah, and don't worry, baby, because I'm going to last. And she's like, oh, hold on. This is this is her response.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I got to admit, I'm kind of interested in hearing um, a potential podcast that your wife may start. Uh, I kind
0: of like to hear what. She so, does. <laughs> so we actually have a podcast called "The Longest One Night Stand" with Bobby and Roe. Oh, okay. So I do we, remember that you. Um, so we're, we'll we'll yeah. we'll have to talk about. It. We've really slowed down. So what happened is Good. we just are so busy with everything going on in life, and I'm trying to make sure I get at least two episodes of this show out every week. That oh, you know, we true. were doing a weekly show, and it was just I do so much in notes and everything. It, it was hard to fit it in, and. And oh, so yeah. we, we've just gotten to the point where now there's always something to
1: do. I, right. If I wasn't doing this, I have like three or four other things that I kind of also should be doing too.
0: Would any of them <laughs> include Pig Latin? Uh, no. Do you know how to speak Pig Latin? Yes. So our youngest child, Trinity, and they're yeah. not—I say young—they're an adult. They're 21. Got they it. think it is hilarious that I can't. I mean. Pig, and so here's what I wrote down in my notebook. Pig Latin fucks me up. Exclamation uh, point. Because right. I is as, as much of a genius as I am, and I can do math in my head, and I can do all this other spatial reasoning, I cannot figure out Pig Latin for the life of me.
1: Well, perhaps your subconscious just knows that it's not important.
0: Yes. Let's go with that. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to write that down right next to the note. My subconscious knows it's not important. I, I mean, what do we get out of using it? Well, like- I actually, I will... I'm going to have to think. of I guess
1: if you're trying to say something and there's like a four-year-old in the room, but then you can also just, I don't know, text the person that you're mm. communicating with.
0: Yeah. Or you could be me and you just say it. And if the parent yeah. gets mad, you're like, they're going to learn it sometime. <laughs> I finally right. did that when. I not
1: pig Latin. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so our, when uh, one of our children said to us once, uh, well, I hear worse than that at school every day. And then I was like, oh, okay. And they're gonna say it later. And you know, I try. I think the first. Well, I think probably the first thirteen to fifteen years of our oldest child's life, they never even heard me cuss. Oh, uh huh. And then for some reason, the spigot was turned back on, and it really hasn't stopped. And they, it seems that they feel very comfortable chatting, discussing things using that language with me as well.
1: Well, I see internet. Research studies saying that smart people cuss more. You know how people post on Facebook these like articles of like s- researchers show that smart people use dirty words. Have you seen those
0: kinds of things? Well, and I wouldn't put it past that. I always have That'd hated true, the thing where people will say, "Oh, curse words." That's just um, that that just shows that uh, you're not very bright, or so you know, they tie it in yeah. that only people with low intellect. And it's like, no when you, what feels better than a hard f and i'm not talking about really? fucking because a hard f with my wife is totally different than what i'm talking about <laughs> i'm talking about well it's still a hard f it's still fucking i mean nothing yeah. feels quite as good as that word and i will tell you as a christian and a believer i really hope they say that uh saying the lord's name in vain that's one of the 10 yeah. commandments so i could see how it could keep me out of heaven but yeah. I I say that a lot because I don't fucking know why. The,
2: God the, damn.
1: It's just a great fucking. It's just a great sounding word. When I was in college, I got a silk screen machine uh-huh. and I made I made a T-shirt that said Van Fucking Halen. It was just like a homemade T-shirt and I wore it to parties and people like kind of lit up whenever I <laughs> wore that around oh i know it's so taboo (laughs) (laughs) right right yeah i've just yeah
0: and i get it i mean i still in a professional setting won't use it but i'm also i will yeah i talk about anything and everything so and i think i'm fairly good at reading people so i i will say the weirdest shit if i know i can get away so so i try not to but sometimes it just happens so you know? at my at my work one of the owners was showing me this knee brace that they were thinking about bringing in or knee support and it literally looked like latticed or something it was this webbing and it all went in and we had this woman customer she had to be in her 70s but for whatever reason she was giving me the vibe that i could basically say whatever i wanted And so Louis said, he goes, what do you, what do you think about this knee brace? What do you think about the looks? I go, it looks difficult to be on, uh, uh, to put on. I go, the last time I tried something that looked that difficult to put on, it was my wife's fishnet hose. (laughs) And the lady did just that. She (laughs) laughed just like you without, we didn't have to reference it. I didn't bring it up again. I didn't say anything else. I just knew that I could say it. I would uh, solicit a chuckle from that, and we could both go on. That's another thing that I tried to do. We were talking about, I think we brought up offensive things earlier, that if someone actually brings up something that is, a, and not so much to me, because I don't really give a shit, but other people might. If I feel like it just just needs to be bypassed, I just bypass it. I like really? literally, and this goes back to <laughs> indifference, I ignore it. I'm indifferent to it. I don't bring it. So I will. I had uh, on my podcast once a, a friend of mine, and we were talking about football, uh-huh. and or and we we're talking about sports teams. And even though I live in Kansas City, I, I I'm from Tampa, so I really only follow uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and right. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And right. so I said something hometown,
1: about hometown pride. Yeah,
0: and I said something about me being a homer. Mm-hmm. And he goes something about, did you just call yourself a homo or said something about homo? And I just kept talking because because uh, it didn't even need to be. I thought right. by ignoring <laughs> it, it would tell him I found that inappropriate. I mean, uh, and it wasn't is- even so much inappropriate. It was just like it didn't even need to be said because it wasn't yeah. funny. Like, I'll sure. say shit that's funny. You'll say shit that's funny. He wasn't saying anything funny. I got it.
1: Yeah, I thought of a fun thing to do. I don't know. I thought of a. I thought of a fun way to mess with friends recently. And um, next time you're in an elevator with somebody, and it's there's other people in the in the elevator, just say to you the the person you're with, "Oh, I heard, I heard someone say the worst thing on an elevator recently," and immediately they're going to say they're going to want to know what it was, and then you just I can't. It's, it's too offensive. I can't. I can't believe you would want me to do that. Um, I, I've cornered a few friends in that situation before, and the people who don't know you are like, they kind of want to know what it is. That's funny. It, 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 in some ways, it's a good conversation
0: starter. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I would rather not talk to people in the elevator because with my luck, as soon as I say shit to someone, the elevator oh, stops. Yeah. Oh, right. And then I'm stuck with them. And at some point, someone's eating someone. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how long I'm expecting to be in this elevator. That's the other thing about being 6'5", 170 pounds. No one really looks at me and goes, "Mm, I would eat him if I was a cannibal.
1: (laughs) I can handle being in in a broken elevator as long as the lights are on. If the lights go off, I'm like not having fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to go to my safe, my ha- happy place in that situation.
0: See, here's the thing that I and I don't want to test it, right? Because because the only way I could really so I don't think that I'm claustrophobic, but then when I think about certain situations, I would be like, I was watching something about a supermax prison, and this guy got out, and all he got to do was walk around in this courtyard, and it had like thirty foot high uh walls and like light came in so you couldn't see the sky you couldn't see and you just wa- and i'm like you know between that and whatever the size of the cell was i'm like i might get close i mean i don't think of me as being claustrophobic right and so i i don't because i'm like i could be that you know uh, i would just sit down and be like it'll be fine and but i wonder <laughs> how quickly i would turn right just like get me out of this motherfucking plane, and I would be climbing on people to try to get out of the little hatch. And the I've always wanted to see if they really have those. And every time mm. I'm such a stoner, every time I get in an elevator, never look up. Uh, why? It makes you dizzy? No, I just never oh. look up to see if there's a hatch in the ceiling, In case oh. something go- oh. goes horribly awry. Got it. And honestly,
1: yeah. Escape routes out of elevators would
0: be tricky. Yeah, yeah. Because I look, am look, not crawling out of the door when you're stuck in between floors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nope. that's uh... <laughs> nope. I I would. They, they could be like, no, we got we have metal pole. It's not budging. I'd be like, no. If it's Get- hopefully it's a large
1: elevator, I can take a running start and I can like jump through. If I had to do it, but there's no sort
0: of like. Slowly, no, because what happens getting... Sean, is as soon as you the, put that added pressure to jump to spring oh, off God. the ground, boom, <laughs> then it collapses on you. Yeah, yeah. See, I have given this one thought. Right. Generally, my you... thought, my only thought when I get an elevator is, "Am I the best looking guy in the elevator?" That is my right. only thought because I figure if say that it's some elevator portal, and when we like we think it's a normal like six flights that were going down but when it opens up the world is gone and i have yeah. to repot. I want to make sure that cuz people can't see genius and talking right. to me in brief spurts no one's going to go oh that fucker's a genius so uh that's not usually <laughs> what i my personality leads with so need i need to get
1: the, you need to maybe you should make your own card that has your own IQ on the back of it like why does it have to be Group wide, make maybe if you start it, others will follow.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or I just slap down 136 and people like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. oh uh, yeah. gosh. And so I was mentioning earlier, someone that I work with that gave me a blank oh, look on their face. How
1: about a name tag that says IQ 136 and you just wear that?
0: <laughs> What's your name? My name's Ima. Yeah. I'm a 136. Yeah, yeah. So that would be cool. And I think that's what it would say. Like if we ever had like the international high IQ society post pandemic, they haven't had any meetups, but if they do, yes. that's what we should do instead of my name is it's my IQ is. And then, <laughs> because then you could group yourselves. Hey, all the one thirties were over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, 140 145s and above you're good. You want to be in that back corner.
1: Yeah. That really might be the way to solve all of the world's problems, it's just like clump everyone together by, you know, mentality, Uh, intelligence.
0: Which I think is funny because companies cannot judge your IQ to give you a job offer, but that's the way that the US military does it is because because we're a a (laughs) non-draft that if we had to go to a full on immediate draft, they have to be it because we we've, we've talked about I've talked about this on the podcast before that the U.S. government thinks that if your are you, IQ, saying,
1: the, are you saying the U.S. government wants a dumb infantry? No, is that what you're no, they're oh.
0: saying if your IQ is below eighty three or below, yeah, then you are not fit. Now I will tell you that uh, oh, okay. seventy and below is is what would be. Termed as an imbecile, mental retardation, whatever you want, however yeah. you want to term that threshold, that threshold is 70. So it's not yeah. even that threshold. They're saying 83 and below, there is literally no job in the military that that person can have.
1: Wow. Well, I don't, it is, I'm impressed that we have standards.
0: Well, uh, here, here's a weird <laughs> fact level. that, yeah. and I, it's either, 13 or 17, but it's either 13 or 17% of the United States population is 83 or below. So that means one in out of every 10 people that you meet is deemed too stupid to actually even be in the military.
1: Wow. Yeah. Have you thought about, okay, here's another weird thought I had because.
0: Hey, I want you to know I do this every day and everything this is not a you are not to judge whether your thoughts are weird you tell right. us your thoughts then we. so i used to do this in retail people would be like i got a dumb question i'd be like no
2: uh-huh.
0: and they'd be like i'd be like just ask me the question you don't get to judge whether it's dumb then yeah. they'd ask me the question and you're like you're right that was totally stupid
2: um, well
1: if it's not that i haven't heard expressed at least i don't think by others okay so let's yeah. hear this all right um have you heard about these people that can't visualize things?
0: Yeah, I work with one, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> Literally, they cannot do yeah. that.
1: Right. It's, it, it blew my mind to find out that people's brains just work that much differently than I would have expected, you know? And so there's people out there, there's conspiracy theorists who believe that there's lizard people Yeah, out there. Maybe— Maybe that's true in the way that there are there is a certain percentage of the population that they're really driven by their limbic system, their lizard brain. Like maybe there really are, (laughs) like metaphorical lizard people out there.
0: Um. So it's funny you bring this up because one of my notes that I'd written down recently about lizard people.
1: Okay, Um, great. So. now we're getting
0: into somewhere. So I, I, like, UFO, <laughs> I, I like UFOs uh, or UAPs, whatever you want to call them now, however you want to term them. Um, and then I was watching a show about lizard people. Uh-huh. And if you think about it, like in the movie They Live or the TV series V, they were yeah. they always had uh, human skin or whatever. They always masked themselves, and they were yeah. lizard-like beneath. Yes, So my thought about UFOs is if they're going to do that to their skin, why wouldn't their UFOs be slow moving and have blinking lights to mimic planes? Oh, shit. Sure. Like literally that seems to make more sense that something fast moving that everyone's going to be like, that's not of this world. If you just want to come and view things, you would be a slow moving object that blinks and people wouldn't even give it a second fucking thought.
1: Yeah. All right. Hmm. I know. Right. I know. Did you see did you see Nope? Yes, I did. That movie blew my mind.
0: So there is actually on History Channel up in Alaska there was a uh, a pilot that took pictures of something very it was near a volcano in the in the islands up there uh, yeah. in Alaska and but it was it was like in a cloud. And it made me think of that movie Nope. Oh yeah. That um the climax
1: of that movie was so unexpected. <laughs> I was also stoned while watching it, and I swear I like. For the next two days, I was out in LA visiting friends. Everyone I met, I was like, "Have you seen this movie?" It was so out there. Yeah,
0: and that's what I think is amazing. And when I talked to Tim Lytel, uh, so the movie that he uh, and it's an award-winning movie now, uh, yeah. but Man Baby and. You know, we yes, and you can find it uh, free on Tubi TV, oh, okay. um, but like just the movie process of how your brain has to, th- it's much like a, com- I mean, it's, it's different by the same as a comedian. You're, you're having to think and put so many things together. You're not only putting uh, jokes together, you're having to put an act together. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and so it, it just amazes me that the people that are able to do it, because I don't think I could write a movie. I have great ideas for a movie. I have one about a European assassin that he, cool. he pretends to be a plumber and he kills by rigging bidets to kill people. <laughs> but I don't know how to make that into a movie. I think yeah. that would be a great idea. I mean, who doesn't want to see someone getting shot, like, by a shotgun? I thought this was just my bidet. How do you catch that guy? I don't know. know. Scary. Yeah.
1: Um, You you know, the truth is stranger than fiction. Maybe
0: that person could really exist in the world. Or they could, now that I've put it out there in the universe. Like, someone's, like, they were, like, they were really wanting to be an assassin but they also want to be different than every other assassin that's ever lived. Yeah. That, what's my that's that's the end right there. They're like, damn yeah. it. Why didn't I think of that? Right. I'm trying to think of what other things you could do. You could be like an assassin dentist and put like, like first you, Oh, you're a chef and you get them to break their tooth. Then you're an emergency dentist. So they come to see you and then you put the bomb in their tooth.
1: It seems pretty convoluted, but, I mean, I, imagine, I have been
0: smoking since we started this show. So convoluted is a best case scenario at this point. Yeah.
1: I, um, there's a documentary on Netflix. I think it's called Mean City. It's a documentary about the New York City mob in the 80s, uh-huh. in the 70s and 80s. It's kind of incredible because the mob was had control over 90% of the concrete being used to build. And that was like a real estate boom. Like every building that was getting built in New York City, the mob was getting money off of. That's like pretty lucrative. <laughs> like, wow. What, talk about being in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love stories about the, the mob. So the, I was actually a few days ago on my day off, I was watching about the Kansas City mob. So, um, cause there was a big presence here as well. And cool. when we were here, like in the late seventies, early eighties, like downtown, which is now the revived river market and near the power and light district here in Kansas yeah. city. I remember there, you know, we'd be watching the news. Yeah. Another car bomb went off. It used to be called the river key area.
1: Oh, sure.
0: sure. Yeah. And you would hear about car bombs. So-and-so, you know, two bars were taken out with a bomb and it was just, wow. And, and and I think that was more, and we lived in the suburbs, so it was like, to me, it was cool because it was in our town, but it was also yeah. so far away, I really wasn't. So, were you in New York during that time? Because you're from Cleveland originally, correct? I'm from Cleveland, yeah. And um, I missed the
1: dangerous time in Cleveland as well. In the 70s, there was a big car bomb problem. Like, um, I think 80 went off in one year. Wow. Sometime in the '70s in Cleveland. That's a pretty high number. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't remember yeah, the last the world, time I heard of a car bomb.
1: The world used to be. I mean, the world's dangerous now, but it used to also be dangerous. Yeah. Like, um, here's a something to watch on Netflix that you, as a stoner, will appreciate. Yes. And um,
0: I got my pen in I, hand.
1: I'm pretty sure this show. It's a documentary series called The Heists. And one of the episodes is about this drug smuggler named Randy Lanier.
0: Oh, the car, the race car driver. Yeah. I've seen it. Yes. Oh,
1: man. That episode is so great. And God bless him for like, I don't know. He was locked up for a, a while. He had eventually got caught, but he seems to have held on to a pretty good, like, happy go lucky attitude. Yeah. And it's funny to hear him talk about, and in and, and some ways he was probably always like this. It's funny to hear him talking about smuggling tons of weed in an oil tanker that he bought from, like, um, you know, somewhere in South America to the States.
0: Yeah, and that's when he freaked out or something, and, spoiler alert, and, like, had to reroute it, and then there yeah. was a leak or something in it as well. well. Yeah, that was that an insane story.
2: story. Yeah. Um,
0: See, I don't know, like that. I, that's, oh, sorry. I was like, just gonna say that. I just, yeah, I was just into sport. I, I, I wasn't like a race fan or anything, but I think yeah. I watched just enough ESPN back in the day because when I started watching that episode that you're talking about, I was like, that name sounds familiar at the beginning. Right. I was like, why? And then when it, it found out who it was, I was like, I vaguely remember him. Yeah, yeah, he.
1: there's so many great parts of the documentary about how this guy from out of nowhere just shows up racing NASCAR. And it's like, this guy doesn't have any sponsors. How's he doing it? Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Don't ask any questions. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a cheap sport either. No, no. Um,
1: a true folk hero, that guy.
0: Yeah, that that what that is a crazy story. So if our listeners haven't heard it, and, and what was the name of the 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 heist is the series. It, I, and that was I, one episode, I think,
1: correct? Yeah, yeah. I think it was called Heists. And um I mean his episode's really not about a specific heist. It's just he was heisting the world. Uh he was, you know, smuggling um weed. Yeah.
0: Um so we, my wife and I are kind of, we're a year or so behind. I don't know exactly when it came out. We're watching yeah. Blackbird uh, on Apple TV. And it's a What's true that? story. It's a true story about this guy who uh, went, to, went to prison for drugs and they came to him and said, hey, we'll commute the rest of your sentence if you can befriend this guy at another, at a max security prison who they're trying to find out where the body of a girl was, and it's a true oh, wow. story. And Glad what it. I actually saw the way I found out about the TV show was I was watching a video about the killer and it references the guy that kind of got the information and all this. And so they referenced the T and I'm like, how did I know it has Taryn Edgerton. Then I was like, and a uh, great Kinnear. And I was like, how have I never heard about this? We have Apple TV. Right. So we started watching and it's weird because the YouTube that I saw that video was from the standpoint of the killer or looking Ooh. at at the case from his standpoint and it seems that like blackbird is coming from the guy that's trying to befriend him so that's kind of interesting too um, but yeah and he was somehow I don't know if he was tied to the mob or his dad was or his, I I don't remember but there's something Ooh. in there I think those stories are fascinating though
1: yeah Um, I I think we're all fascinated by the stories of people who do things we don't dare try.
0: Let me let me <laughs> ask you this. So now I'm going to yeah. get on a, a personal side with you Sean. So okay. and, and if you don't want to answer that's cool too. And
1: I'm 5'10 and a half.
0: Okay. Hold on. I got <laughs> something for that. No, so so I always talk <laughs> about my life was sheltered. I mean, I probably <laughs> I consider myself very middle class. Uh-huh. Uh, we never had anything exorbit- exorbitant. My my parents, you know, like when everyone was going to power windows in my the cars. My parents wanted to hold on to the roll up windows because it was cheaper. And as my dad always said, that's just another thing to go wrong in a car. Right. So, um, but I always grew up. But I was, you know, nothing ever. You know, my grandparents lived until I was at least in high school. My parents stayed together for 59 years until my dad passed away. I mean, I never saw no one next to me was ever murdered.
1: Oh,
2: sure.
0: You know, so I just always feel, but then sometimes I forget that I used to go down and play basketball. and See, I never, myself, I guess I was just naive or I didn't think there was anything wrong. To me, I was just going downtown to play basketball. But there, right. but I do remember there would be guys who would show up like in their jeans and they'd go to play shirt or skins and they would like take their gun out of their waistband, wrap it up in their shirt and put it over on the side of the court. And I uh, just yeah, I yeah. just was like, that's the area where I'm playing. But I never thought I'm a white guy playing basketball. I'm the only white guy anywhere around. I mean, I just never gave it that much. thought. But I never, ever no one ever used that gun. You know, so I I saw like weird things, but I never saw like horrible things. So I feel like I was sheltered. So how Because the reason I asked this is I could not imagine growing up in New York City. I visited a few times. I do like it, uh, but I couldn't imagine growing up there. So you is coming from Cleveland's basically, let's call it the upper Midwest, Central Valley, whatever you want to call it, but it's not New York City. So how are you? How were you growing up, and then how did that? How do you? How does that fit in with where you are today in New York?
1: Um, I don't know. I um, I don't know that I grew up very sheltered. I didn't see a lot of horrible things. Um, I kind of think that my parents instilled in me a sort of just like just don't mess with people right. kind of philosophy and um so i don't know i kind of just feel comfortable no matter where i am because i think i have carry with me the knowledge that i'm not trying to start anything right um i had a you know i do think about new york a lot because well i mean i am here I, i in some ways i'm here by accident um and it's I love living here. I like walk to work. I walk around a, a lot. I don't own a car. I get to walk places that I need to go. Um, I feel safe because there's people around. Right. Um, but I was thinking recently about just how crowded New York is because I also do sometimes I don't want to go out. I don't want to be around people. I just want to be home by myself. It's just like, <laughs> I like being, um, I don't like people on top of me all the time, <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, but I was thinking about how crowded New York is. And, you know, there was a school, there was another mass shooting recently. And I was thinking about how there are people out in the country who think those things are false flag operations. Right. I've never seen a shooting in New York, I've never seen a mugging in New York. I've been blessed that even though I've heard like friends of mine, bad things have happened to them. I've been pretty safe here in New York. And so in some ways it would be easy for me living here, never really seeing anything that horrible and then just sort of not believing when there is actual stuff going bad and, and, and then put yourself in an area where you don't live around a lot of people at all, you really do see nothing that harmful. Right. It, it might seem unbelievable to you because it's like something you've never experienced. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I just remember the first time I visited New York city, the thing that yeah. struck me is, uh, I was there for work. I was doing some freelance, uh, uh, stuff with American Express, and uh-huh. I I don't remember. So they were in a part of the but uh, the chocolate factory was the building that they were called, and it wasn't too far from the aircraft carrier, whatever. So that that's sure. the, that's the year. I don't know what part of the city that is. That sounds um, like midtown. Okay, that's actually, I live near there. Okay, <laughs> so so anyway, like we were walking to dinner, me and a couple other yeah. guys, and I just remember. Watching these kids play out, you know, on the sidewalk with this busy Mm -hmm. street right there and everything going on, and that was so different than my me growing up in the Midwest. Oh Um, yeah, yeah. And that, and I just really, I was just like, that is, but they don't, and I get that. I mean, sure. During the
1: lockdown, um, during the pandemic, when things were starting to open up a little bit and people were starting to walk around new york a little uh-huh. i would see like groups of teenagers like sometimes five sometimes ten just like walking around together and or or like riding bikes together and it made me think that as horrible as this time was like there were kids out there who su- and there were kids who suffered because you know um online learning was difficult right but there are also kids out there who i think experienced a level of freedom that you and i probably never experienced as a growing teenager that probably felt like incredibly liberating
0: yeah i sometimes wonder i mean (laughs) it it, well i just said my whole problem with the, the younger generation right now is they uh-huh. feel like they're coming up with everything for the first time.
2: Uh, uh-huh. Like they're
0: like, we can't wait until we take over corporate America because we're going to do four-day work weeks, not five. <laughs> like they, like th- no one had ever thought about trying to make that work before. Oh, if you want you want unlimited PTO so that you can have good mental health, you got it.
2: Right, You're not going right. to have a
0: work staff then. I mean, it just, like, some of the things... So, I had made a comment on um, one of the guests that I've had on. He has a YouTube channel, which has, like, three and a half million followers. His name's Antonio Centeno. And we uh-huh. talk about style and things like that. And one... The, the It was very benign question that he was asking. He go. It was supposed to be more about style, I think. But, of course, it wasn't. Someone said... Uh, younger guys. What do you what, you? what would you like to tell older guys so mm. that they can explain or something? And uh, so someone had posted, you know, you guys need to be a, a more open-minded and and, and be uh, try new things and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, so my reply was, we have done that. We got old. It's called <laughs> wisdom. You will eventually yeah. get it too. And that's all I said, but I got a whole bunch of positive response from that because I think a lot of people, you know, it's like, oh, I was the first one that ever thought about this. No, you weren't. Stop being. Mm -hmm. And and I think they've been super accommodated. Um, Like even my, so my brother-in-law has two kids uh, under five, and he Uh is 50, he'll be 51 in August and has two children under five and
2: quite a spread
0: all, yes and often <laughs> he will give like if they you know if they get fussy or whatever they will sure. give them some sort of they will just give them something instead of giving yeah. them time uh, so uh, here uh, yeah. i so this is how bad it's gotten and this is not a joke this is not a hype this is not hyperbole this is a true story at the best sure. buy i was at a, a few summers ago before the pandemic they were doing a uh they want to do like a summer carnival for the for the, you know, cookout, because what, what a better way to impl- uh, improve morale than have a, a carnival at the store that's mandatory right. after hours. But so, you know, <laughs> yeah. one of the things they did was a dunk tank. Cause they go, Oh, the managers that everyone's want to, want to, going to want to dunk us. Yeah. So I was uh, in my department, which was back in video, we had, or back in uh, cameras, we had a a computer back there so that we could do videos uh editing and, and photo editing and stuff like that but that mm-hmm. day of the the uh, the fair or whatever the the carnival thing that was going on almost every young guy there was back in our department watching youtube videos because we could get youtube back they're watching youtube videos on how to throw a ball and i'm not <laughs> oh, kidding wow. they literally did in a I mean, they—you could tell—and and I would ask them, and I know I sounded like an asshole, but I really was trying to find out an answer. I would be like, "Why didn't your family teach you this?" Right. Well, I mean, well how, did they, well, how did they do? Horrible. Literally, I—I oh. I think I still because I was the photographer. I have a picture of that that night somewhere of a guy running up and literally karate kicking it, the, <laughs> the arm to make the person. I mean, it right. was. horrible. Horrible. I mean, it was, yeah. it was almost embarrassing because right. these are our kids that are probably at or just post high school, uh, you know, getting ready to graduate or just post high school or even college age. And they don't know how to throw a ball. And I think that says a lot about, I mean, to me that I, like I, some of the things that we talk about when we talk about being a genius is we start at five on the way uh-huh. to 10 just meaning that we start in a more advanced place. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we forget that. And that'll <laughs> also be frustrating. It's like how come you don't understand step 3? We don't even do step 3. And that's kind of right. how we how we interact and I feel like that's how kids are today that they're missing hmm. out on a lot of the steps because people are handing them a tablet. Oh, you're crying? Here's a tablet. Here's a, uh, here's a sippy cup to sip on
1: here. I flunked out because all of, I don't have kids, but all of my friends who have kids who are about that age, they're all kind of cool. <laughs> like I, I just have been exposed to like, cool, cooler. Well, that's children, good. Not and, they, and not only yeah. those
0: kids need to know how good that is. The parents need to know because like everything that's wrong with the children today is <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I see in the parents that so they're getting from yeah. their parents. And
1: You know, I say that if my if my nephew happens to be listening to this, anything um, in any in any way that you feel screwed up, your mom didn't do that. Somehow your uncle did. Yeah,
2: Ah.
0: (laughs) no, I mean, so it's it's one of the things about so I'm going to try to get my mom to be on this podcast around Mother's Day coming up because I was adopted. And I do, wow. I've do. i met my birth mom. I want to have her on, but for totally different reasons. But sure. I want to talk to my mom about how difficult it was to not only raise an adopted child, but raise one who's strong-willed and raise one who's a genius. Because wow. genius... Did you,
1: all- did you sort of rebel when you found out when, when the secret was first revealed to you? No.
0: So here's the cool thing about my parents. Um, mm. So... Um, They wherever they heard this, they said that they were supposed to tell you tell the adoptive child all the time. So it was never a surprise. And so they Uh, said that at six weeks old or four weeks old, whatever I was coming home from wherever I was. I don't know. if I'm in an orphanage. I'm still in the I don't know where I was coming from. But they said, you know, we're not your real parents. We're your adoptive parents. And they, all, so it literally, I just always knew. There was never a day where I don't ever even re- remember asking what that was, I, it, it, which is amazing. I it think is, that, that is just, yeah. yeah. Now, I will tell you this, that my sister, who is also adopted, they did the same thing with her. And it is, I mean, I think... I don't know. She's upset that she was adopted. I don't think with my parents and it probably didn't. Mm. I, I think it was more that I think she feels like I think, and I won't speak for, I, I will say some uh, adopted kids feel like their parents, their kids, their parents didn't want them. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm glad that my, my, I'm glad that I was given up. I mean, so
1: because or you're, you're glad that your adopted parents received you, the, you they yes. you got the ones you got. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I talk about many reasons why I believe in a God or there being something. There's no way with my personality. If if I have any other parents, I don't. I am a Sid's death. I mean, uh-huh. I am not making it out of the crib. I, it I, sounds
1: I, like they weren't surprised when you first told them, "Mom, Dad, I started a podcast called The Stone Genius." No. They probably weren't surprised. No. no,
0: no. So the problem that they had was. They thought that. So my mom was a child behavior, behavioralist. They thought I had ADD growing up. Oh, um, but as a so genius and ADD can be very similar, but you have mm-hmm. to know how to see them differently. So the way so. We grew up, I'll get to my high school years, because that's the easiest way to show this. So when I get up to the age where I can start working, like 1982, we literally lived right behind a shopping center, which in 82 shopping centers, that's where it was at. Oh, yeah. Um. So this shopping center had, I believe, like 150, 160 stores on three levels. And we literally lived, Uh, we we jumped a fence, walked through like, 20 yards of green space and that with big trees and, and foliage and stuff. And then we were in the mar- mall parking lot. Yeah.
1: So when, sounds like uh sounds like a, a season of stranger things.
0: It, it was actually amazing. That's one reason yeah. I love that season of stranger things is that mall, the mall. Yeah. brought back such, because I, you know, even before that I lived in that mall. Cause you know, in the seventies as an eight year old, I could go to the mall in 1975 by myself and no one gave a shot. I mean, right. literally, I would go over to KB Toy or Woolworths five, uh, five and cent, uh, or five and dime, and no one and buy whatever I wanted, and no one gave a shit. I mean, I was buying yeah. cigarettes at the the uh, the Skaggs Pharmacy <laughs> there when I was in junior high. Not that I smoked, my sister did. I'm in right. junior high, and my sister's asking me to buy her her smokes. That's how much taller I was than my sister. But so my so when I get yeah, to high school
1: there's something about kids who have to raise them or get to raise themselves on some level that I think makes them better.
0: Yeah. I I would agree with that. More
1: more well adjusted.
0: Well, yeah. And I actually, I'm going to touch on that too. Uh, I'm going to write down skipping high school, but you'll have to remind me to come back to that too. Okay. Uh, But um, so at the mall, when I could start working, I probably worked at, 15, over three years, probably 15 different stores in that mall. Uh So my parents thought I had ADD because I couldn't keep a job. But what I was doing was finding out what jobs I didn't like, and there was no reason to stay at a job I didn't like. I didn't believe in two weeks. Who are you going to find in two weeks? You're going to put an ad up here. I mean, you can find (laughs) someone in a day. It's not like things are an hour. They do background checks. That's one thing that's amazing about the job I have now. I don't even think they did a background check. I literally filled out a it was online, but I went in and doing, talked to, and they were just you like doing, doing a job. <laughs> but see the difference between ADD and genius is that um, that I I was using my powers to know what I liked and didn't like mm. and I was a strong enough willed person to say, I don't like this and I he would even have reasons why. I don't yeah, like yeah. this. And here's the reasons why um, I'm going to, I'm going to wedge something in this before I get to skipping high school is that, so on my original podcast, the real reason I felt like I could do this, I had a show that was going to, it was called the Roro show and then became the Roro show with Steven. One of Got the, uh, one of my first guests, one of my first hands.
1: this one has a has be- a much better name.
0: Yes. Uh, thank yeah. you. So, um, So it was the Roro show, and I I had uh, interviewed. I was reaching out to people I knew. That was the easiest way to do it. I went to high school with a guy. We knew of each other, but we were not in the same cliques. Uh, I was a jock. He was in theater. Neither one of us gave a shot about school. I didn't want to be there because I already knew everything. He didn't, he was already knew he was going to be like an award winning, world renowned playwright. So, Mm -hmm. um, so he came on my show. I interviewed him afterwards. He said, I really think you could do this. And I was like, oh, we should totally do a show together. And so uh-huh. we did a show together. And then one of his <laughs> plays that's been going on, that's been touring the world for like 20 years is being turned into a movie. So he needed to write. What he told me was he needed to write the um, the, the screenplay, which is fine. Yeah. And sure. so he wasn't going to be able to do the podcast. So then I stopped doing that. I always thought that may pick back up. So I just kind of left it. And then I started the stone genius. Uh, I did 20 episodes, I think, 29 episodes, something like that with Steven. Uh, So so we did a lot of episodes. They were at least an hour long. So we had spent a lot of time talking and getting to know each other. And it got very friendly and everything. So I was doing the stone genius and I've asked him to come on the show again and again. Yeah. And he always makes an excuse. And this drives me insane. I don't give a shit. Even if you say, I don't want to be on your show because I hate you now. I don't care. I honestly don't care. People like me don't like, I don't care. Don't, don't just keep like, just have the balls to say, I'm not going to be on your, I don't want to be on your show. I don't even care why you don't even have to give me a reason why I often do not give people reasons with my responses because it doesn't matter. If you ask me a question and I say, if you ask me to help you move next weekend, Sean, and I say, no, it shouldn't matter. If you go, Oh, well, why not? And I go, Oh, well, I'm going to this friend. I know they got free (laughs) tickets to this thing that I don't even care about, but I'd already said I was going to go. Then you may go, well, then you're judging my reason. So then you're going to decide whether you should be a little ticked at me or not.
1: I'm not going to tell you what to do in this situation, but I will say I hope he comes on because it sounds like it would be a fun conversation.
0: So, no, here's what happened. So I I was going back and forth. I said, I really want to get you on. He's like, I'm so busy. And so I finally was trying to I'm being passive aggressive, but I thought I'd call him out. And I go, I know I see I see how busy you are on Facebook all the time. (laughs)
2: So I still have my
0: Facebook account, but I, I don't, I haven't posted from it since January 6th, except for my shows, because when I go through, when I uh, upload them through Spotify, Mm -hmm. I can do, it'll link it directly. And so you'll see posts there, but every once in a while, I'll go back just to see uh, like people in my class because, well, at 55, we're starting to die off. And so, sure. uh, literally, I'm I, we we have a couple more years before our fortieth uh, reunion. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be there. Do I need to worry about? I mean, so mm-hmm. I've kind of been looking. And so he goes to play. He he lives in New York City. He does all these things. Yeah. But he can't carve out any time. I, Evie said, "I only have a half an hour for you. Fine, we can catch really? up in a half an hour. I don't give a shit that you don't want to be on. If you feel like I don't want to be on because it's stoned or." I don't want to be on because you said something that I don't like a long time ago. I don't give any of those shits. Yeah, just, yeah. just tell me so I stop bothering you. So he finally <laughs> was like, well let, me yeah. st- well, let me check my schedule. And I finally was just, never mind then. And he just <laughs> responds, okay. So I assumed that it was like he literally didn't want to be on it and I needed <laughs> to take the clue. But that's one thing that really irks me is when people cannot speak up for themselves, but that's how people get in trouble. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. (laughs) Here will be a controversial, although very late topic. The, the U S gymnastics team, when they they had their, their team doctor that was uh, put into prison for uh, sexually assaulting them. Yes. And some of the things that I read that were put out, whether they were, they were by reputable sources and everything, so I'm assuming. But they're like, you know, we would go in because we had a sprained ankle, but they did a, a, a pelvic exam and things like that. And I'm like, at some point, you have to say this isn't right. I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to victim blame, right. but fuck all my, you got to blame the parents then. I mean, it's it, like, like I don't now. I don't know. I I don't know why. Um...
1: I, I remember that happening and hearing about the court case and the trial and everything. And I remember thinking, how did he have assistants that didn't know?
0: Yeah. I don't. They're like, Why does it? Like, I speak been up been about everything. Happened. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just don't want to be wrapped up in anything. Like, if I can just bypass something and it's not hurting anyone except the person doing it to themselves, whatever, I don't probably give a shit in most cases, mm-hmm. but fuck all my, I just, yeah, I don't understand why people don't speak up all the time. And if right. they say, well, I don't, I and, and I don't know once again, maybe that comes from me being somewhat privileged leading to somewhat privileged life is that I never really had to, because I could speak up and no one really said shit back to me. Like I do well, that all the time. Like when I, people will go, well, you're not as smart as you think you are. And I'm like, okay, how? And they don't, give me a reason because literally I'm not as smart as I think I am probably. So if you had a reason, don't say shit and not have a reason.
1: Well, if you put out to the world that you want to interview somebody who can explain why people don't speak up, um, maybe you'll find that person.
0: Uh, Yeah. Who can explain it to us. And I, I don't know. I mean, and I've never been, I've just been, it's funny. Cause my wife, my wife gets not upset, but she just, she could never understand how I don't like to talk to people, but generally because as a genius, you're always talking down. Like just think right. about the dumbest <laughs> person, you know, and then being surrounded <laughs> by that person, you're always talking down and it gets exhausting. And sometimes you just don't want to deal with people. But like I can always start, a. you know, that's why I that's why I actually think that we're
1: going to be fine with artificial intelligence, because if there's more smart things around, I think the rest of us are going to be okay. Yeah, I trust the smart things.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I do, too. Is that is that. um... Well, and that's why I say I can't wait for self-driving cars to get here. Because oh, self driving yeah. cars, it's not the cars that are the issue, it's the fucking idiots that drive cars. I mean, there's a whole, really? there's a reason I have a dash cam. It's it so that I can
1: you'll see. Be able to, it means you'll be able to stay on your phone when you're in the driver's seat, which is what is causing crashes, people being on their phones while
0: driving. So I will, <laughs> so I run music through my phone. It goes in a holder and I turn music on before I go. And then yeah. I, I, I will skip song. I mean, I always put it on shuffle or I can skip song. So I don't treat yeah. my phone. I uh, I don't even. Generally, I don't answer the phone. I have it's uh, where
1: the radio station was. The, yeah, the radio station. Knobs. Yeah, we're on all but the that cars.
0: does yeah. drive me insane. Like, especially right. like when you're driving, and I know being in New York City, it's different. But we're on you know a wide open highway. And it's not here. that
1: different because people walk around on their phones. I'm guilty of it sometimes, and it causes problems for everyone else walking around because it's like you never know where the person who's Noses is stuck in their phone is going to what direction they're going to turn in yeah it gets chaotic on um see road rage there's road rage in the midwest but there uh, is sidewalk rage really in the yeah <laughs> get the fuck out of my way yeah, yeah.
0: i can uh, yeah and that's i so one of the quirks of my personality is besides my wife i could walk away from anything and literally mm-hmm. not give it a second thought. Like if someone said, you're never going to use a cell phone again, to, uh, starting now I'd be like, okay. Mm. Right. So yeah, you're,
2: I'd be like, it, okay,
0: well, I mean, can I still use like a regular phone? Like if I need to like hear someone's voice, but a bit of that, I ahead. can't do that. I mean, I just don't. Yeah. You're my,
2: adaptable.
0: Yeah. And I do get on my phone. So I'm not saying it's, I don't uh, get on my phone, but I'm also sure. saying I, cause Yeah. Uh, my my bro let me ask you
1: this though because i remember the last time we spoke in january we talked about you possibly doing an open mic yes have you done it i have not
0: so i have (laughs) i have found an improv i have found an improv club well and Mm. i think it's because i think that i i'm gonna try to do something i want to go to the improv club and see if they ever have something um Like an open mic night. Well, yeah, they do have, they do have like a workshop, but I don't, Mm -hmm. I would rather just, so one of the things my wife and I have done is gone to these like mystery dinner theater things where they have like in an old mansion, you know, there's, you know, 50 to a hundred people and then they'll pick people out of the audience (laughs) to play certain parts. And I love doing that. And I'll really (laughs) get into it. Like, like they, you know, they'll think they, and that's why I think, this is why I think improv would be better because they'll try to throw you off. And so I remember the last time we did it, I, they tried to say something like, you're not so-and-so you're, you know, whatever Southern. And so I, I immediately switched into a Southern accent without missing a beat. And right. they like, everyone just laughed and they thought it was great. So I would like to try to see <laughs> something more because I think I'm more interactive than oh, I am. It. Like, I, cause it I just, I really admire what you're able to do as a craft, be able to take a joke because w- I mentioned it earlier. You're crafting an, an act as well. You know, you're going to have some sort of arc that goes through there and that's not what I am. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to do like individual joke, like a whole bunch of just single jokes, like Mitch Hedberg or what was the Mm. other guy's name, Uh, the guy with the curly hair, Uh, Stephen Wright. Yes, Stephen Wright. You know, they just did uh, like short bit after short joke after short joke after short joke or one liner after one liner, where you know you hear Dave Chappelle, and I remember one of his episodes where he said, you know, I have a fishbowl where I put the the punchlines in that I don't Uh have a joke for. And so right. he said one and put it in. You totally forget about it. An hour goes by, the whole act, and the very last joke is that. You know, being yeah. able to tie that in, that is a craft. That's an art, and I'm not, I don't, it would be difficult. That would not be the easiest way for me to be involved in comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just not. I, I, can, I can hear something and make a witty comment or, or something back. You know whose line is it anyway? I I really yeah. enjoyed that. That was I, I thought that was fun because, it I I think that there's a certain amount of intelligence also how quickly you can come up. You know nothing's you're, you're worse.
1: Super you're super in the moment. You you don't like rehearsing right or practicing. Yeah, yeah. let's
0: let's do it because because I get it, it. Yeah, it's because every once in a while you you know you will get those. Oh, I should have said this, and it's light. It, it's nice being having fewer of those times where i'm retroactively going oh this would have been a good comeback or a zinger or i could have really you know had everyone laughing about this but i say, you know like today one of my coworkers, i don't know what the fuck they said i go was your house that you ever grew up in check for lead paint no. and they looked at me and i go because there is no world that i don't believe that you ate paint chips as a child Right, <laughs> and, but I'm just. And it. it was funny because one of the owners is in the office, and they laughed. I mean, they just kind of yeah. chuckled. But it was. I mean, it was a joke. But I was just like, you know, that's not something <laughs> I could write and then wait and interject it. That was something I had to be done sure. in the in the I moment. Have, there, I have a great
1: memory of my, because um, I remember asking my dad about lead paint in our house because we were watching the news together. There was some news story about lead paint. And how eating it or inhaling it causes, you know, problems or right. something like that. And, you know, it was kind of an alarming news story. And so I asked my dad, We and we grew up in kind of an older house. I was like, hey, dad, have, has this been uh, checked for lead paint? And he was like, do you remember eating paint as a kid? And I was like, no. And he was like, then you're probably fine whether it's lead paint or not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks, dad. But I mean, that that is a very... <clears throat> That, that is something that's very good. So here, so I don't think that the, uh, I'm going to take some creative license with the first part of this, but the second part okay. is correct. So okay. so because I didn't know this till much later on uh, in my life. I don't know when I learned it, but it was much later on, uh, not right <laughs> after it happened. So uh, I think I would have said, Dad, did I ever eat uh, paint chips as a child? He would have been... No, but you did drink a bottle of fingernail polish. Oh, uh, yeah. So evidently, it, as a child, I drank fingernail polish, and I had to go and have my stomach pumped at the uh, the hospital.
1: Huh? Maybe it, maybe it somehow helps.
0: You know, I I'm, know, I'm I'm actually starting to think maybe this is why I have so many like stomach issues. Why I don't want to eat anything that goes in. I'm like, oh, it could be a uh, fingernail polish. And right. my thing is. First of all, who's leaving fingernail polish around a child that could think to drink it? And they said I drank the whole thing. How tasty are they making fingernail polish that a child drank the whole thing? Mm. I have lots of questions about the 60s and 70s, because that probably happened in the late 60s.
1: Well, it was probably glittery, and it mimicked the, you know, texture of suckers or something. I don't know. I... I, I don't blame you, is what I'm saying.
0: Oh, thanks. <laughs> Just like me, blame the parents. That's what yeah. it's always about. So what do you got coming up for yourself? You got any big gigs coming up? Got anything going on in your life you want to tell us about?
1: Uh, next Wednesday, which is uh, May 17th, I'm going to be doing an um, appearance at a bookstore in Jersey City uh, to talk... <laughs> yeah. Um... To talk about and take questions about um, time machine blueprints.
0: Yeah. <laughs> time machine blueprints, man. Yeah.
1: I'm so telling you, I'm, I'm an author, you know, and I'm 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 making a, an appearance at a bookstore. It's a legit thing.
0: <laughs> you know what? You should literally dress up like Mork from Ork. You should wear something <laughs> that looks like it's in the future, and no. then. It, and then sit have, there, ignore everyone. Space, yeah, I do have
1: a space helmet that I purchased off of uh, Amazon. So I might bring it.
0: You, you should do that though. You should go back, dress like from the future and then like whatever time it's supposed to start just be there <laughs> jotting in one of your books. And when oh. someone's like, you're supposed to start it 20 <laughs> minutes ago and go, I need Good. to write these down while they're fresh in my memory.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's an endless supply of uh, humor. It's going to be, the show is going to be hilarious.
0: (laughs) Well, that'll be awesome. So how often do you actually think about time travel?
1: Um, I don't try to do it, but sometimes it just sort of like happens.
0: Um, so here's my latest thing on time travel. Like not like if I wanted to go into my past.
1: Good, because rec- I'm, I'm tired of always talking about it. I'd li- I would like to hear someone else talk about so, it, so go take so it away. So
0: my thought is, like, if I ever go into a coma,
1: okay. that that
0: would be my chance for my brain to reset to any point in time in my life. Because I do believe mm. that as individuals— we see that we actually see and comprehend everything around us. That's why some people like our youngest child has a photo near photographic memory. (laughs) There's people like uh, Mary Lou Henner, and I think a handful of others in the world that can remember every day of their life. So I do think that all of us probably have that capability, but because Mm -hmm. you've already lived your life and you lived where you grew up, you could basically go back if you go into a coma, go back in time, and your brain, you just relive that, recreate it. Because I'm still in the if time tra- can I time travel if I'm living in a simulation?
1: I'll do you. I'll do you one better. I okay. think. Okay. Um. I think if we figure out a way to tap into those memories in our subconscious, which I think it is possible. Supposedly, I don't know. I've watched stuff on YouTube or I've read about neurologists saying that, like, yeah your subconscious memory is completely intact, you know? Right. If we're able to access that, and if we're able to somehow use virtual reality to sort of like rewind to any point in time in from our memory, like someone else could be watching that as well. Not only could you go back in time, somebody can go back in time with you to your memories.
0: That would be cool. So, yeah.
1: have you why is, that, why is that inconceivable? Like that's probably something we'll be able to do and that is a version of time travel in a way. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean <laughs> I, think I'm right. I
1: mean, yeah. So and, I, and and by me saying like, "Oh, I think I'm right." I'm also not doing any of the work to do that. Right. I just know that there are people in the world smart enough that they're going to figure it out.
0: Well there's so much weird so not and weird's not the right term. So I had uh, Liz Enton on uh, a really? previous show and she was talking about so I so here's one thing that threw me uh just threw me kind of threw me off guard is sure. she was uh going to we we're going to talk about the afterlife And I know that there was talks about mediums as well, but I thought it was more about because she's an atheist and it was about the afterlife. So I was interested because I was thinking, heaven, hell, what do you think? You know, I thought it was about that, but it's actually contacting people uh, that have gone on before us. Uh, And she got into this when, so when she's actually researching and finding, she does, when she reaches out to a medium, you know, She's using everything is fake. Her her whole identity, her ven- oh, everything is is fake, so that they can't Google her and find her. Uh, there, right. you know, she's done it in person over the phone. She's actually done it where they have tones, like a tone is yes, a, a different tone is no, and a different tone is oh, weird. Uh, so that they can't even infer anything from the voice. And she says right. that there's been things that. She can't explain. She goes, there's just no, there's no way. And that blows me away. I mean, I get it. I, um,
1: I have a similar experience in some ways. Um, I used to date somebody whose mother was a psychic medium. And one time when we were hanging out, she just sort of like told me, Sean, I have some things to tell you about your mother. She came to me and i i don't know i had an interesting discussion with my ex-girlfriend after it happened because even though this was her mom she was just like i don't know (laughs) i can't tell you that what she's doing is real right it's possible that she believes so hard that she can do it that somehow like maybe she can read people like better than other people can you know what i mean and it's like maybe intuition really is A sense that on the same level of like seeing and hearing. And so it's like, you know, uh who knows if it's true. Like they the people doing it might even not know if (laughs) if they're really doing it or not, you know.
0: So my my thought was when I was talking to Liz, is she said that um the median had said so the reason she got into this is her father passed away in 2015. Uh-huh. and that her father through the medium was trying to say something about her mom, and she mm-hmm. was a, uh, a counselor, uh a psychiatrist. So she used like a psychiatrist sofa. And so she said, your dad's pointing to a psychiatrist's sofa, yeah. uh, referencing your mom as your mom, and that is what I use. And like, my whole thing is, why isn't anyone asking them what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't give a, I don't need to know. Don't tell me any code words. Like, so I'm going to say this out loud now. So no psychic could ever use it against me. Like I was trying to think of what my dad's the only like, well, besides grandparents, but my, my mom's still alive. My dad passed away at 90 last year. And I was trying to think of what is something he would say that he would only say to me. Mm, right and you know i was like i'm disappointed in you that i i was like he probably said that to my sister too so i can't i i can't just narrow on that but he used to for some reason i like uh chip beef or corn corn beef in gravy on toast Mm. and it's and so for some reason in the army i guess at least back in the 50s when my dad was in the military they would call that shit on a shingle yeah. And my dad was very anti-cussing. Right. Very. And so we just, we always got a kick out of, oh, you're having shit on the shingle. Cause you know, he would always be like, it's not a cuss word cause it's food or I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, he was justifying yeah. it some way. So I was trying to think of what my dad could say to me mm-hmm. that I would refer, and there's literally mm-hmm. nothing. Well, cause I've I would just put- be like, what are you doing? What have you been doing the last year? Right. I've got a parallel thought. Yes.
1: This is somewhat similar. But I once had a friend ask me about time travel stuff. Uh Uh-huh. They said, if a time traveler came to you and somebody, and, you know, if somebody came to you and said, hey, I'm from the future, what would they have to tell you in order for you to believe that they were from the future? Right. And I said, I can't tell you that because... I already know what they would have to say.
0: Oh yeah, and
1: I can't tell you because <laughs> that, that would like prevent it from happening, maybe. Right. You know what I mean? So. Well, you know, and that's great because so I use. I, I think maybe what the answer is what this what this means for you is that if a medium told uh, met with you, I think um, they would. Say, oh, this is what they're saying. I mean, they would tell you what they would say,
0: right? You know. Um. So here, the only <laughs> thing that I could think of, but he's not. Well, to my knowledge, he's not dead. Sure. So my biological yeah. father, I know who that is. Oh,
2: okay. And I
0: have not met him. I've met my biological mother and my half uh, brother and half sister, nieces, and nephews yeah. on that side. Um. <laughs> so I was just trying to find out whether I could track this guy down and back. This is like 2016. And Uh so part of my problem of being somewhere on the spectrum is that sometimes I forget others have feelings that I don't have
2: or, (laughs) or, you know,
0: they, they may be something may be more damaging. They may think about something a lot longer than I would. Yeah. So I reached out to this girl and I just go, are you related to, uh, this guy and I said his name and she goes "Uh, you know I, I'm his daughter why and I go well, I was just trying to find him and then I think she looked back to see who I was saw that ah. I was probably about the same age as her just a little bit older probably and right. so then she responded are you my brother <laughs> oh right yeah but I'm like that came out of nowhere because so I always knew that I would probably have half brothers and half sisters mm-hmm. out there. So when right. I finally met him, that was no big deal. Yeah. Um, my, that,
1: where do you think that son, sense came from? Were you told that or you just sort of, well, like, no, I just, I
0: just really knew if I had, I, if I had a mom and a dad, if they ever got remarried or whatever, or had yeah. sex out a wedlock, which they've obviously done at least once in their lives each, right. um, that, that, that I would have a half-brother, that I would have someone out there who is Got my it. mom or, or my dad. So uh, I didn't even think about how that might impact her. But that that person, I ended up talking to them on the phone once. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that they said, well, I guess I wouldn't even know that they were, I mean, I would just have to take that what she told me was true. about this person because i'm trying to think i I don't think there is something that someone could come to the future and tell me i should think about Hmm. that i haven't done that like you and now see you've caught me off guard so cool all um, right i hope but i hope you're not angered no but one thing about that is you know if you by saying that to someone what would you do if someone from the future came would you even believe it i've asked you know very religious people today like have you heard have you heard about the person that's having the virgin birth and they're like They'll deny it. No, they're yeah. lying, or it's a, birth. Yeah. you know. And I'm just making the story up. But you know, sure. now those people that believe in the virgin birth of Jesus wouldn't mm-hmm. believe the story if someone said, "I sure. am this." So how would you? Pr- I mean, how do you prove mm-hmm. that?
1: I mean, maybe the maybe if the Messiah arrived now, they would be born from a man instead of, okay, so born of a virgin.
0: So here is my. I Here's my genius intellect problem with that the Jesus story. Once again, I 100% believe that there is something cosmic out there that is making sure it—I don't give a shit about anyone else. I only care about myself, and it is making a lot of stuff work out for me. I got Mm -hmm. the greatest—I had a— a biological mom who loved me enough to put me up for adoption and loved me yeah. enough to, to search me out, you know, 50 years later, I had wonderful parents that raised me and gave me everything I could ever want. And they denied me everything that I didn't need. I mean, right. literally, I mean, they were amazing. So mm-hmm. and the, the woman that I met 27 years ago, I am still just as hot for her now as I And the weird thing is the day after I met her, I told my roommate, who we're still in contact with, that I was going to marry her, that I was going to marry my wife. And so I I would love to go back in time to find out what happened that first night that made me so sure, because there was nothing that really stood out. I just cosmically knew. Um, That being said, I have a problem with, like if Jesus came to tell the world, hey, I'm the Messiah, blah, 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 If you would have just waited 2000 years, he (laughs) could have used Twitter and I'm being serious. It just seems like really shitty timing. If you're the all great and almighty God. Mm. And then my second thing is, so how about if Jesus was actually, how about if he was actually an alien? Right. And that's how he came. Then I'm, I'm still okay with that, but then I'm Mm -hmm. pissed that I missed aliens by 2000 years.
2: Oh, so, sure.
0: But, I mean, that's kind of how I—I I mean, that's how I view it. I'm like, you know, Jesus could have made it a lot easier. I mean, you come and do a couple—you raise Lazarus from the dead, you're going to get a lot of new followers just from that. And that could yeah. be a short, like, 15-second reel of you walking in the room touching Lazarus and go, be healed, and he sit up or something. I mean, yeah. it just seems like really poor planning, on the almighty God to arrive 2,000 years before Twitter and YouTube.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I have no rebuttal. Okay. Again, that's
0: <laughs> like. um And if anyone ever says, well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, I will punch sure. them. If that's their response to me saying <laughs> yeah. that, that is not a good response. Yeah. Um Maybe. He's... I mean,
1: every, everybody works in mysterious ways. Like, I don't know. We're always surprised by people and things like (laughs) everything's mysterious. So
0: I think the most surprising thing about me is how open and honest I was. I remember having a guest on about a year ago who I've known for a long time. And we've been very friendly. We're we've always been friendly. I mean, for 40 years and we know each other. I mean, we've gone to each other's houses, played golf together. So we're friendly enough. And mm. I remember after the podcast, they said, wow, I didn't know we were such good friends. I go, what do you mean? And they go, just all the stuff you were talking to me about. Yeah. And I'm like, I literally would say that stuff to a stranger.
2: <laughs> like, literally, I'd
0: be... Like, yeah. if a stranger was like something like, my butt hurts, I'd be like, your butt hurts. My prostate your last night. I could not find yeah, the remote great. to turn it up. You know, I would talk about anything and not even give it a second thought. Because... Mm. You it, know
1: what? I think that that makes you believe it or not i think that that makes you a good candidate for being a time traveler
0: that would right?
1: be we i would hop honest, on that we want honest people going back and forth we don't want deceit like deceitful people going around so it's like so uh, i don't know we meet, we need more people like you not then, that i'm recruiting
0: no but i would <laughs> hey have you ever seen the movie um safety not guaranteed I've not. I should. You should look it up. It has Aubrey Plaza in it. Another guy who you're gonna know. He was in um, the league. Uh, he's been in a lot of other stuff. I just can't yeah, think, yeah. think of his name. I can pick but yeah. it's about time travel.
2: And you I should
0: watch it. You should go find the YouTube uh, trailer for it because you'll watch the trailer. You'll love it. You'll it, it. And it's a great story. It really is. Uh, there are a few other people that you recognize in it, but it's a really good story about time travel. And it's funny because I. I'm seven years I'll old. It, I'll, I'll count it as research. Okay, I yeah. um, I'm seven years older than my wife, mm-hmm. and we met when I was 28 and she was 21. And uh-huh. I need to make, I need to say this now, just so that it's out there, so podcast, so at least someone there, there's a that we can reference this. Uh-huh. I have said that if I time travel back in time, mm-hmm. um, and Say I go back and I get back to I'm in high school. Say uh, my sophomore year, I'm 15. I sure as fuck am going to come after my wife, who's only... I get it. She's eight. (laughs) I understand that. But we already know that we make it for at least 27 years. Right. So I'm just letting the world know that if I... You want to meet her. You're not doing anything weird i just want oh yeah i was 28 right. if i could have if i could have spent more oh great she just walked in too oh. hold on i got a sound yeah. for that
2: yeah. i was gonna say yeah. if i could have yeah.
0: met her earlier i would but then it just gets in because you know then if i'm 27 she's 20 then yeah. you know so then pretty soon she's 16 which in right. Kansas where we met that was legal but really you're still mm. gonna get some looks when you go to the mall holding a 16 year old hand when you're 23 so but I just wanted to be out there that if I am able to time travel, yeah, I am going to find my wife because I do want to have more time with her. And I'm as soon as this is over because that's well, the point that she walked in on in this show, I know she's going to be like, "Don't do that, please do. I, we've I had enough time.
1: I don't know that it would work that way though, that if you went back to your past, you would then also be younger. You might still be this age.
0: Well then, exactly. that that the the comment that I made is no less true, but yeah. more creepy. So I will okay, say that. Yes, yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm we've wondering. actually
0: had that talk before. She goes, "That's just gross." <laughs> Got it. Yeah. What would be? What, so you're. So last question. Okay. What is going to be for this time? Because I love talking to you. We're going to have you back on again. What oh, good. if you can travel? Because I know you've thought about this. If you could travel Ooh. to any time in the history of histories to any location where would that be and why okay um i'm going to
1: answer that question by answering another question okay okay and it's who living or dead would you want to have dinner with okay my answer is that i would want to have dinner with a time traveler from the future and then have them pick who else I would enjoy having dinner with knowing that a time traveler is there.
0: so with
2: the like
1: time tra- so that
0: so that they may pick someone that you think is unremarkable <laughs> like so they would have to pick someone from your current time, so a time traveler yeah. comes back and then they I get
1: them to I want them to pick who else is at the table
0: so, uh, so it would be, be like they would know. So it'd be like a time traveler coming to you in 1994 and then taking you out to dinner with Brock and Michelle Obama. Someone that you probably, no one had, I'm sure people had heard yeah, of him they, in 1994. They, they, but yeah, right, someone that had done something.
1: Okay. If they're having dinner with me, they're going to be like, hey, Sean, I know enough about you because I'm from the future. This is who else you would want to have dinner with. And I'd be like, okay, great. I- I'm in your hands. So the answer is to to where I want to go, it would be somewhere in the future, wherever they want me to be. (laughs) Wherever they, like, whatever future um, reality invites me to go there. Right. Like, that's where I want to go. Wherever I'm invited in the future.
0: So you'd rather go to the future, and not the past? I'd rather go forward. Yeah. See, I don't. I I just have this feeling that,
1: it's possible that the future would be so fucking scary and not in like a Terminator way. Like it just like, holy shit. This is too much to handle. Like it might be just overwhelming. Right.
0: Did you ever see the TV show? 1963. I, um,
1: uh, the Stephen King thing.
0: Yeah, I th- yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember who the uh, where they would go in, like into the closet or whether, and they'd go back to 1963.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great story. Um, yeah, who doesn't want to know that answer?
2: What, yeah. <laughs> what was going
0: see, on? Yeah, see, I don't think I would want to go. F- so the, the reason I thought about that is there's one scene where I think it's James Franco that's in it, and uh-huh. he's trying to get away from someone, and he had his cell phone with him. And so he puts a video on the cell phone so right. when they, and sets it on the bed. So when the guy comes in, he gets distracted and goes and sees that. And then he, like, knocks him over the head and runs out or whatever. And I'm <laughs> oh, just, wow. I mean, I just, I don't know in the future. I, I think I have such a poor outlook on the future, the way everything's going. Mm. Like, I don't have problems with really, so... You know, like I'll I'll tell people I don't I don't have a problem with anyone telling me uh, anything as long as it's true and they can back it up. Okay. I don't want them to say that makes sense. You know, I don't want them to say, oh, well, I can reach something as high as you can when they're a foot shorter than me. It's obvious that they can't that that, you, you don't get to you don't get to say that. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are, are like, no, you can say, it. no, if they, if they want to identify as tall, they can, aden- that's not how that works. Uh-huh. And, um, so the, I just, I don't care what, but you don't get to fabricate. You don't get to say like, I'm at 55 and I'm in, I'm in good shape. And some people will just, Oh, well you have good genetics. You, you don't think about eating. There are a lot of things. Yeah. There sure. are a lot of things that are in my benefit. Yeah. Also I work out Every single fucking day. Mm-hmm. There are very few days that I don't work out. I work, right. and so I'm still, and so I don't want, I'm fine with someone saying, you know, whatever, but you don't get to, don't dismiss me because of something you do or do not do. Yeah. That, that's the that's the problem that I have. And, and I see that just getting worse and worse. So I have a very mm. horrible outlook for the future. I mean, I, I I don't even think I would recognize it. I mean, <laughs> and I would rather go right. back and try, and I don't know what it would be. Yeah. I've thought about this a lot. Uh-huh. Um, part of me wants to go back like, you know, and then I have to have parameters cause I have to be very specific about, you know, am I going back for one specific instance? Can I go back for a certain amount of days? You right. know, this sounds morbid, but if you can't change history, how interesting would it have been to be sitting mm. on a high rise with a view of downtown New York city on nine 11. I know that sounds sure, morbid, bet. but uh, I mean, sure, it's going to happen. I mean, Perfect. so, uh, and that's where, you know, some people are like, we talked about this earlier where people don't even want to talk about specific things we had mentioned. Sure. Some people won't want to talk about, you know, Oh, well, I don't want to talk about nine 11 cause it was nine 11. And it's like, mm-hmm. It happened, though, and, and it yeah. doesn't I'm not trying to be morbid about it, but I'm just trying to think about, you know, what can you and even imagine yeah. seeing that from that and like knowing what's about to happen? Because I think, to, yeah, we
1: have to talk about it on some level because people also say never for, forget. So yeah. it's like it has to be spoken about. Yeah,
0: but yeah, um, I mean, I, I've gotten in trouble. If you want to hear a controversial take, here was a controversial sure. take that I still hold. And I'm okay. going to I'm going to start with the end. If you are a first responder, if you are a, uh, firefighter, EMT, uh, police officer, if you're in our military, you are a hero in my book. Those are jobs that you have chosen to do. Right. That is that even the army, uh, or the military f- uh, forces that we don't have a draft anymore. You're choosing to do that. So you are a hero to do those jobs. That being said, like after 9-11, when people would talk about the, the, the firefighters were heroes, I, people would get mad at me. I was like, no, they were doing their fucking job All right. because they are heroes for doing that because as a because at, when you sign up to be a firefighter, especially in a town like New York City that has many high rises, you're going to have to anticipate at some point you're going to encounter a high rise fire. Yeah. And even though if this one was more catastrophic and you no one could have anticipated this, your job is to run towards the fire, not away from it. That is literally your job.
1: I think that and it's um it's kind of what the message is. I think what some of the Marvel movies are, and it's just sort of like stay modest. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like the heroes need to stay modest because it's like if they don't, I don't know, they're like go nuts yeah
0: well you know and it's, they've yeah, had it like yeah, in, yeah. in some of the school shootings they don't were make co- me think about it too much it's like it's a job like yeah right i don't want to take it
1: home with me i don't want to talk about it now but go ahead what you're saying
0: yeah well i would i mean that but that's just you know i think of these people i i kind of dismiss them for you know how, how often have you heard about a a, a fireman or, or a police officer losing their, their life for something stupid, you know, they're giving a, an innocent ticket and they get mm-hmm. sideswiped by a, a driver who's not paying any attention good, or, you know, uh, I've never heard of this happening. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume it's happened where a firefighter is going to get a cat out of a fucking tree and falling out of the bucket or something and kill themselves. Right. You know, right. you, you, we they're not too far from us. There's actually a firefighting training facility where the, the city firefighters, what well, they have, like a fake building and stuff so they can actually practice going into those. Um, but, but that's what, that's their, that's their job and that's what makes them so amazing that they want to do that for a living. I mean, I can't imagine the stress of a police officer walking up to a car or a domestic violence call or a domestic disturbance call that you're not exactly sure what's going on on the other side of the door. I mean, you have to be a hero just to have the, the, wherewithal to want to do that mm-hmm. um but sometimes i get chastised because they they hear it when i'm like well it's kind of their job to, no. to do it and they don't listen to the whole story so um okay so i'm going to change my question and i'm going to ask one final oh, final okay. question you okay. have to go back in time that's the only way that time travel works that's that it all right so now where do you go all right i'd want to go
1: someplace where i felt safe okay That'd be, that would be um so, I don't know. I guess maybe the 80s. Uh, you know where I would like to go? I'd like to go to 80s um, when the when the Berlin Wall comes down.
0: That'd be kind of cool.
1: I, I, I would have been like, yeah, I'd like to go back to see that happen. Yeah.
0: That way, see, and I, uh,
1: dang it. It, it. it sounds like it would be a pretty great party. Yeah.
0: i mean so mine is i want to be and i forget the rancher's name i want to be sitting in a field in roswell new mexico the the first week of july like july 3rd through the 7th or something like that just be hanging out you know i can just you know i'll I'll take a knapsack or a a a sleeping bag i'll just hang out there for a few days and if if something happens it happens if nothing happens then at least i know
1: Get to the bottom
0: of it. Right, that's yeah. a good one. Everything in my life always comes back to aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to keep mine because you've got yours. Like we don't need everywhere, everyone to go to every time. We just need a few people to go back, you know, when they can.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So for the next time when we get together, we'll uh, delve into some time travel as well. Maybe we okay. can do a movie review. Um, sure what's that what do you think the best what would you consider a movie or show that i should watch about time travel that maybe i haven't watched because i will tell you that uh safety not guaranteed you, That that that's a definite you'll you can watch check the, it out yeah so what what is something that maybe i should think about watching all the,
1: right here's here's something that i just watched because it was on a recommendation from somebody else okay it's called predestination It's from like six or seven years ago. You can rent it on Amazon. Ethan Hawke is in it. Okay. And it's like two movies in one. The first movie is kind of not interesting. And then the second movie is more interesting, but only because you kind of didn't expect it to go that way. Even though you kind of thought it's a twist, but it's like... I, I maybe should, shouldn't have said it was a twist,
0: but... Spoiler alert! Okay, Predestination <laughs> yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. Okay, I'll see it's if been, I can check that out then. It's
2: pretty there's, fucked up.
0: You know, there's one that I've been trying to watch, and I think it's on Prime as well, is it's one of their shows called uh, Peripheral. Have you heard? heard of it? So it's something where they... Uh, they're, they think that they're, like, doing, like... Uh, VR or something. They put this head thing on, and it's like they're—I uh, i forget what they uh, jacking in or something to—to to, I don't know—to like virtual reality. Got and it. it ends up, and it's a—it's a one. Se- I don't know if there's multiple. If there's going to be another season, but there's one season, and it's pretty good. I just end up watching it by myself, and so I'll only watch like half an episode at a time, so I haven't made it through. But it ends up that it's not a game that they're actually doing some time travel or something. And it's pretty good, but I need to follow up on that one. So I need to finish that one. I'll look at Predestination. Check out uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. I think you'll really like that one. I have some homework. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining the program again. It's so much fun to talk to you. This is how I, I haven't pinpointed your IQ yet. I'll get there. The more we t- So I was going to mention okay. the person that I work with, and this is where yeah. I'm always prepared out yeah. of the blue one day, they just go, Hey, you always say you can tell what someone's IQ is. What's my IQ? Ooh, wow. <laughs> and I guarantee it. I don't guarantee. I do guarantee it's two digits. Yeah. That being right. said, but that's not that far under normal. I mean, sure, average of sure. the United States is like 103. So you could be 99 and two digit, and you're not that abnormal. Yeah. But I, my response my, actually my, was—
1: Mark Cuban could be a 98. Who knows? Yeah. Who the fuck knows?
0: So <laughs> I said—so I. Said, I so my response without missing beat was, well, to this person, I go, I haven't spent enough time with you outside of work that I really yeah. can see your decision-making ability. Hmm. And they're like, "Oh, really?" And, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah." But I I <laughs> mean, I you know, I but I needed to have something in the in the just in yeah. case that that comment ever came up. Um, they saw,
1: they saw through it though. It sounded like maybe they are a little smarter than you think.
0: Who they, knows? they are not. Okay. <laughs> they are not. So, <laughs> no. one day they they were reading something and I you know, and here's the thing, starting at 5 again. They yeah. they were saying Whatever the word was, and we work in the shoe industry, whatever the mm-hmm. word was, they're like, I don't understand spit and Polish. Why does someone uh-huh. need to be Polish? And so right. here's what you do initially upon meeting this person. You stare at them for a long time to figure out whether they are being sincere or not.
2: Okay.
0: Once you have figured out that, yes, they are being sincere, you go up and you point out that Polish would be a capital P mm-hmm. and if you're talking about shoes, it would be spit and not polish and she's like right. are they like polish? I'm like there you go. But yeah. sometimes I mean it's just so no. I in <laughs> I will say this this person uh was homeschooled. So ah. I I do blame the parents well i i (laughs) i I don't commend them i think that if you're going to need to have and i know that the pandemic fucked things up if you're going to need to have a license to cut Mm -hmm. someone's hair in this nation you need to have a license to be able to teach children because we don't need stupid teaching stupid yeah yeah and i'm not saying but i i would be i'm a genius and i would have been a horrible teacher
2: sure for my kids
1: it's a a different um yeah it's a different speed so
0: yo so yes i am but there's also i think there's whatever uh anywho anyhow (laughs) anyway we both have homework for next time and i'll be able to to narrow down so here's one good thing that you have in your favor of having a high iq or a higher than normal iq is that you and i can converse we can carry on a conversation because it is very difficult for me to find. I'm not into small talk. Everything needs to have a point. We need to be talking about something going somewhere, and you and I are continually able to do that, so I appreciate that very much.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, for the rest of our listeners, you've been listening to uh, me, The Stone Genius, with Sean Wickens. Sean, and you said, when are you uh, in, is it Jersey City? I'm doing, a, yes, a book appearance at, for Time
1: Machine Blueprints available on Amazon, but if you're in the Jersey City area, it's going to be at Word Bookstore uh, 29 McMillan Place. That's
0: awesome. Wednesday and the date again? The Wednesday the 17th. Wednesday yeah. the 17th. That is awesome. So, thank you, Sean, for uh, joining the program. I appreciate it. We can't wait to have you back again. Uh, for everyone else out there, let's, thanks for listening to the program. My name's Roe. I'm the Stone Genius. You know me? I'm often stoned. I'm always a genius. I'll talk to y'all later.